Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. What's up, everyone? Freddy the Pizza Man here, host of the Pizza Man podcast. Now joining forces with ChristopherMedia.net. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Pizza Man podcast. And, of course, find all the podcasts on ChristopherMedia.net. We talk Detroit sports. I bring on guests, uh, passions, opinions, uh, all for Detroit sports and more. We even talk pizza. So thanks for tuning in and uh, spread the word. Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. From Asthma Core Studios near Detroit, Michigan. It's unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Number 234, I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. I'm Rich. I'm the prophet Todd Zillow. Hello. Yes. And well, that was quick for the cause. I mean, what did this trial take? Two weeks? Two days? Something like that. Two hours? Yeah, we got the, the guilty verdict today, and I was like, oh, already? Yeah. I didn't know that. It seemed, I, I thought the thing just started. It seemed like the, the first trial went on for a few months, didn't it? If it was a different judge, the, the judge might have been like, uh-uh, we're going to move this along at a brisk pace. Right. I mean, remember, look, at, look at the OJ trial, Edo versus the civil trial. It was a completely different. Those were yeah. two completely different trials because the judges were like. And they knew they didn't have a favorable judge. That was part of what they were trying to do is get the judge kicked off the case. You know, probably claiming some sort of bias. What's he looking at as far as a sentence? Uh, three ten-year convictions, is that right, that are going to be served think, concurrently? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Any way you slice it, he's going to die in jail, right? Well, what is he, 82? He's 82, right? Yeah. But he's rich. Saying 80. There's going to be an appeal. Yeah. So I, it's his best-case scenario for him is he dies during the appeal process. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, here's the scenario yeah. for Bill is just he dies and, now. <laughs> and justice will have been served, huh? <laughs> he doesn't see a day in jail. Yeah. yeah. Now, this is, this, is from, this is from a CNN article literally like 20, 30 minutes ago. And this is something that I haven't heard until right now. It's the only reason I'm quoting this article. It says, Cosby did not audibly react to his conviction, but erupted shortly afterwards. Minutes yeah, after yeah. the verdict... Oh, Prosecutors asked the judge this. to revoke Cosby's bail. They said he has a flight risk and he has a private plane. Cosby, who did not testify in the trial and sat quietly through the proceedings, stood up and yelled in a booming voice, he doesn't have a plane, you asshole. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so he's cussing the prosecutor out in the court All and the he's referring to himself in a third person. We can't get that. Well, on, he was internet. he was allowed to... Return to his home. Well, yeah, until he's they, still out on bail until they uh, sentence him. Yeah, yeah, that's not a normal. That's not exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's going to appeal, so that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if he, I was, uh, if I was being accused, of what Bill is being accused of, there's no way I'd be home right now after you the trial. Made, you going, I wonder what kind of anyways. sentence I'm going to get. Well, well yes, you, I would yeah. not have made bail. You're right. Well, you weren't known as America's <laughs> father. Don't have the resources that he has. Right. You can you throw a football. Can you make NBC number one on Thursday nights for a decade? Then I still you, think you ain't getting out on bail. 
It's a great idea to have <laughs> Cliff Huxtable goes to jail as the next sitcom on NBC. That would be freaking Cosby. wonderful. Hey, we're doing re- we're all doing these reboots now of all these shows, right? We reboot the Cosby Show. <laughs> turns out Cliff Huxtable's a rapist. He's going to jail. It turns out Cliff, Hux- Cliff Huxtable is uh, now Mrs. Huxtable in jail. Yes. By the way, the amount of the amount of memes that were produced almost instantaneously, I, I have to imagine they were being sit upon and uh, said. Oh, dippity doop! They're gonna stick it in my poop shoot and all this stuff. And <laughs> like, I'm like, God damn, really? Oh, but rape is <laughs> never funny. Oh, of course, really? Dippity backs. It's this never is my funny. roommate Ajax. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you say, Todd? I talked over. Nothing, nothing. I'm just imagining. I think it was a Dave Chappelle skit back uh, when he had Chappelle show going on, and there was a character named Ajax. I think that had just gotten out of prison or Lysol. Remember that oh, Lysol? Yeah, Lysol yeah. <laughs> That's that's who I'm I'm imagining as Bill Cosby's husband in prison. You know what'd be but, fucked up though is if Cosby <laughs> went in there and started running that motherfucking place. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like he's uh, ga- like if it turns out that he's really gangster behind the scenes and he's like, what up? <laughs> well, you know, Bill Maher just got he got into trouble again with the liberals for making some sort of prison rape joke. I mean, a joke about some somebody that everyone would like to see in prison. But yet, you know, joking about them getting raped in prison was a bridge too far. It's funny, you know, you watch Bill Maher's show, and you have one reaction, and it seems like one experience, and then you read about his show on Twitter, and it's like, <laughs> what, did you watch the same show? Right, it's, right. Like, he's got a bunch of sensitive liberals in the audience, and they will usually react negatively when he, when he crosses that line. And even they were like, we're like jeering at him at that point no i've i it's not just his show but i think i think he's the best example of what of it where i'll watch it and then a few days later i'll see a review someone post online right or an opinion piece and i'm going i didn't get any of this from this show how are you walking around like i, I mean like and they'll, and they'll pick him apart you know and it's this it's this it's this and he didn't address this and he made fun of this and i'm just going like I walk around pretty fucking disappointed in in humanity for the most part. You uh-huh. walk around looking for this shit to get pissed off about and write an op-ed about? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to be. There's no I, other way you come up with this bullshit. You have to sit there with a pen and pad and just stop it and go, "Well, he said blacks and he said women, but he didn't say homosexuals, so he's homophobic this week." Play. Yeah. Oh, he made a rape joke. That's rape culture. Right. Doesn't it always come well, back to hammers looking for nails? Yep. Or you know, it's yeah. a, I don't think that <laughs> it's more so that people just have their own personal antenna up for something. Yeah. That will trigger them. Yeah. Right. You know, my and favorite, and then it's their my, job to tell everybody else. One of my favorite parts of Mars show. I haven't watched it in a while. I've actually got the. I, I subscribed to the damn app simply to watch this thing, and I haven't watched it since I got it. Watched one episode. But my one of my favorite parts used to be he would just get visibly just annoyed with that audience. I mean, he'd make a comment like what you were oh, yeah. just talking about, and he just really, really mm-hmm. that that's bothering you. That's really that. But he just would. He knows his audience sucks. Yeah, really well. Really yeah, well. He, st- he still does uh, that. Well, before we move too far beyond Bill Cosby, I just pulled this yeah. up. Uh, Tom Brokaw denies sexual misconduct claim by NBC reporter. Brokaw? Brokaw. This, I think, just actually came out in the uh, synopsis of it. And Linda Vester, who was apparently a war correspondent or something, 
uh, claims that um, claims the anchor uh, misbehaved toward her in the 1990s when she was in her 20s. So here we go again. What did misbehaved. He do? What's misbehaved? Yeah, it's, like, it's, if it's really it, classified as misbehavior, is it even no, no, worth reporting? Like, it, that's not the charge. I mean, I, that's that's a that's a word that was used in oh, the in okay, the, article, okay. the AP article. But apparently, according to her, anyway, uh, forcibly kissed her, tried to forcibly kiss her, and groped her, and made inappropriate overtures. What the fuck does that mean? Inappropriate overtures, attempting to have an offense. <laughs> Right. This is never going to fucking stop. This is never going like to fucking Beethoven stop. You're playing Beethoven now. It's like lunchtime. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is totally yeah, inappropriate exactly. overture right now. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. What a, why not? Why not Wagner? Right. That would have been appropriate. But, <laughs> yes. but, you're never. Please. We're going to get Chinese. rid of this. I mean. Who who is this woman? For one thing, what's she doing now? Is she trying to get her name back in the in the uh, national press and back in the media so people don't forget she exists? Is she actually working? I mean, this how do you prove something that happened twenty fucking years ago? This is never going to stop. Well, that's one of the things that got brought up on another podcast. That this was a podcast that came out the day before the, the verdict did, which verdict came out today, didn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, earlier today. So this was a, a podcast yeah. recorded yesterday, and one of the hosts said the reason he didn't think Cosby was going to get convicted is lack of physical evidence. And it's like, okay, so if that's the, pretty much the standard, which we've we've conditioned juries, people too stupid to get out of jury duty, to judge people by, is this the new standard for this type of accusation? It doesn't matter it if does. there's no physical evidence. Yeah. It's yeah. he said, she said, he said, she said, and you always have to believe a woman. So, how are sixty-two right. people telling the same story? Not evidence, though. Yeah, that's right. True. This is yeah. more. This is a law and order watcher, right? This is not a lawyer. This can't be. <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 rare that physical evidence convicts somebody. It's a jury believes one person's story over another's. That's what it comes down hey, to. Ninety. I'm not. Some def- point, I'm not this defending is, Cosby. I'm just. I'm just pointing I, out that. No, I know. I was like, I didn't really either. think about that. I didn't even yeah, really think that, about that's, that. That's the problem, though, because we do have an understanding. I, I, I think it's called habeas corpus, right? It's like 600 years old. We brought it over from England, you know, where you're innocent till proven guilty. That you right. can't, you don't have to prove your innocence in a court of law. Somebody else has to prove you're guilty. How the fuck do you do that with 20 year old charges like this? Anybody see it happening? Somebody see her, see him grab her titty? Well, this, ju- hold on. Is there a Did, photograph? Let's be honest here. I think Chris was right. Chris. To an extent, what was it? Sixty-two women, you said. Yeah, all no, have the same about story. Talk about Brokaw. Well, that's I don't the thing. Mean it would have to. Be, it, I think it, this would. Yeah, this would have to be the snowball that starts going down the hill. This would have to be the first of many pe- uh, women accusing him, and one of them would have to be would fall within the statute of limitations. Yeah, but I mean, let's I be honest. Groping. If he gets convicted, what's the worst he's going to get? Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, for gro- honestly for groping. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember so- the name of the movie. I was sitting here watching TCM last night, as I do in the middle of the night quite often. I was watching a John Wayne movie. Uh, I can't. I wish I could remember the name of it, but it right in the middle of the, it made me think of this Me Too bullshit uh, because right in the middle of the well, maybe it's not bullshit, but in the middle of the movie, he's having an argument with some woman who's trying to take his his little daughter away, and he's some you know it's like the 1940s or 50s, so you know it's that. 
oh, I picked up on the fact that she really likes me and isn't going to tell me. So he grabs her by the arm, like forcibly grabs her by the arm, which by itself would probably be construed as assault or battery these days, spins her around and just grabs her around the back and plants this forced kiss right on her. The quiet man? Nah, I don't know. Okay. Nah, but uh, it just reminded me of all this. Yeah, well, I mean, know, I've seen a number, a whole. There's all sorts of movies where that would that took place back in the fifties, the forties, fifties, probably the sixties as well. Well, Aaron, now it would get at least a, a MASV rating. Well, no, Aaron oh, yeah, brought it up to violence. me like what was it about a week ago? About was it Molly Ringwald that said that she couldn't watch oh. The Breakfast Club anymore without, yeah. or was it Ali Sheedy? No, it was Molly Ringwald. No, it, was, it was Molly Ringwald. Ringwald. Yeah, we, did, we yeah. didn't talk about this, did we? Did you guys no. read the articles that her revisiting The Breakfast Club? And realizing right. how racist and homophobic and hateful it was. Yeah. Yeah. How inappropriate the, the, the behavior of the characters were. Isn't that kind of the point? <sighs> yeah. It wasn't the AP club. It was, it was the Saturday fucking suspension come in, think- in school suspension club. Why would you expect a bunch of well-adjusted... Right. You guys did so well in school, you get to come to an extra day this week. Well, the the point of the movie was, was kind so of the point of high school, right? The 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 point of go, sending your kids to school is to integrate them into society, right? It's not. I mean, hopefully they get educated during the process, but really it's so that they can just learn to how to interact with people in the world. And everyone comes to high school with their own bigotry, their own yeah. idea of themselves and everybody else and what their place is. And he, it was showing you that people can let go of this bigotry when they're forced to, when they're put in situations where they have to work together, where there's no one else to talk to. Then they start opening up, and that's the only way that they can overcome their their short-sightedness. But just- I don't know how you lose that over the time. I mean... It seems to me like she's really out of touch, even at the time. She wasn't. This wasn't a typical teenager. I mean, I don't. She's obviously she's in the movie, so she can't experience it in the same way that we did as kids. Hey, she's a prom queen anyway. Think. All right, she's the clueless one. She's the sheltered one. Right. Well, she knew how to play that role really well. I'm well, thinking I mean, about how it? many other roles has she played really well? Like. Well, clueless rich snob. <laughs> she do anything after 1990. She, she, she that was, that, was that one, and that was it. <laughs> no, <laughs> not after 1990. But no, um, I mean, it's something we talk about quite a bit on this show. But it's the truth. Context doesn't matter to these people. Right. It does not. And it, it, what, what the other? fact that the fact that you go to explain the context of it, they have. So many automatic defenses that go up. First of all, you're mansplaining. Shut up. Right. <laughs> you are a white, straight, cisgendered male. Who the fuck are you, you shitlord, to tell us about anything? But we're going to tell you what you meant by everything you said. And that's right. fine. you got to take it. Because it's okay to punch up, just not punch down. You know, whatever. And it, it, so you can't even have these conversations. And I just go, well, then fuck you then. Fuck you, bitch. Fuck you. Molly Ringwald, fuck your pale ass Ugly ass self. Fuck you. I don't care. You're stupid. I don't care about stupid people. And, I, and, and, and maybe that's the attitude when you start taking with these people and just be like, she's dumb. She's a fucking actress. She, 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 everything about her is fake. 
And we expect her not to, uh, not to assimilate other people's ideas that have been shoved in her head without questioning or, 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 or turning them over and looking at it like a Rubik's Cube. At least the monkey would turn the Rubik's Cube over. She just takes it and goes, oh, I guess that's the way it's always supposed to look because he said so. Okay. It's just, fuck the, fuck the bitch. Was there context in this? Bro- I know we barely know anything about this Brokaw story. We're just now hearing about it. But it seems like there's a lot of context there. I mean, sure. Did, well, did, I'm reading a little it, bit more on that right now. I need to clarify one thing. It's not one woman. It yeah. looks like it's two women. And oh, I think well, the bigger narrative may be NBC itself because of Matt Lauer failing uh, to handle complaints. So I don't know how deep this goes. I don't know if there was something. Again, I just found this when we started the show, so I haven't really been able to read into it. But there may have been uh, complaints filed. Uh-huh. What, Back in the what, day, was it a real headline or an onion headline that I read about Charlie Rose starting a new talk show interviewing people that are were uh, <laughs> being accused of abusing yeah. me too other victims? Women. Yes, me. I saw that too. I don't think it's a. I don't think it was an onion headline. The impression <laughs> impression I got it was it was an actual <laughs> show that's coming. The dirtbag talk show <sighs> with Charlie Rose. Oh. I, you know, I just want to bring up one thing that I think is very amusing. The solution that I presented to all this, I've not heard one other person bring up in uh-huh. any type of media, which is if men are so horrible at reading women's cues, at knowing when is something is appropriate, when something isn't, and we have to be constantly treated like children, then women, it's time for you to step up. It's time for you to be the pursuers and for us to be the pursued. Why has that not came up one time? Because women like thing, to be pursued. Because <laughs> the only thing I can think of is that means no. they have to give up the power as the sexual gatekeepers. They can make a yeah. fake dick. They can't make fake sperm. And that power, they, they to, like way too much. So yeah. they need to be, feel desired, pursued. It's the thrill of you know, it's the thrill of the hunt as far as but, men are concerned. And and there's a lot of women out there that like to be, I won't say hunted, not in this day and age i'll probably end up on a fucking billboard somewhere around grand rapids if i say that you're applying it but doesn't but doesn't this fit in with all these third wave feminist i you know ideals and 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 narratives that if it's it's their turn then go ahead well rich you're what better way what better way to get what you want than to take take control of the sexual reigns don't project hydrosexuality on these women rich i i follow you but i think you're being oversimplistic and in the same way that I'm being just. I'm giving them back just what they've been giving us. I I understand, and and I I don't fault you for that opinion, but I can't agree with it. I mean, it's it's about communication. It's about two way communication, you know. And is there uh, maybe blame to be had on the woman's side for quote unquote playing games? I mean, the fact that we had to be retold that no means no means that no at one point didn't mean no. Or at least we understood it to not mean no. Why did mm-hmm. we do that? Well, the fact that also he was convicted. When we're talking about Cosby, one of the charges. Is, is that, every child born uh, before us a victim, of, uh, a, a child of rape? Yeah, according to some of them. <laughs> I mean, it's a small minority. It, very small, but yeah, according to some of them. Um, I've, I've actually had a, actually had a very, so, very militant feminist in my family that was around me when I was a kid who used to tell me that all heterosexual sex is rape. Right. And I'm like, never. so you're a miserable bitch that needs to find a spin cycle in a, in a corner of a dryer. Okay, I got you. <laughs> no wonder your shower is always set to pulsate when I go in there. Um, 
But no, one of the see my problem is like he was convicted. Cosby was convicted on three charges. Okay. The one that makes me go, okay, wait a minute, hold up, because if this charge it doesn't go both ways, then this is a bullshit fucking law. Is the third one he was convicted on, which was he had sex with an intoxicated or drugged person. Now the way it was phrased made it sound like it wouldn't matter whether they drank the 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 booze themselves or took the drugs themselves. Right, right. He knew that she was fucked up. Okay, so this, we're all we all need to be charged with fault. rape. Right. <laughs> including most of the women we've had sex with for the first times right. in our lives. I mean yeah. <laughs> because they were they were drunk or high. So everybody's a rapist. So guess what? Rape is normal. So go out folks, <laughs> find the hottest bitch you can, pin her to the ground and say, "It ain't rape if I yell surprise first. I don't know what that what do you see how much nonsense when you take their these bullshit beliefs of these people to their their logical conclusion? Do you see you end up in fucking la la land? Dude, this is shit. nonsense. I was it's absolute nonsense. I must be a serial rapist then. Dude, and what woman... Seriously, you know how many women I know will go to a party and... Fi- and and I, I, I've seen this for 41 years. I've seen it. You, we've all seen it. We'll go to a party and be like, oh, I'm going to drink a little bit pregame with the girls. Get to the party because it loosens them up. They're not so... Their inhibitions go. They're not afraid of being rejected or laughed at or whatever the same reasons that we fucking you know drink before you you go up well everybody but todd because he's a pimp todd just walks up and he's like how you doing ladies and pussy falls from the sky but i mean like the rest of us we have to work That's for not it inaccurate. so that is not it <laughs> well not even trying to get somebody that you don't know i mean it, it gives you the courage and you know you're married. a solid five to step up two and eight you know, what's up you know, Yep. I, when I was married, I brought home a bottle of wine because I wanted to get some action. <laughs> and I knew I had, to, I had to lubricate the works a little bit. Ooh, Boone's Farm. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I still come back to the, Not the, Boone's this Farm. Idea Is it my birthday? Like last week, I think we talked about the idea that you tried to use that. I was intoxicated. I wasn't able to be responsible for who I, what I was doing. And, you know, all, if you applied that to the drunk driving standard, it would be a ridiculously laughed out of court. It's the same thing. Right. I and was intoxicated and I couldn't control. I wasn't responsible for my actions. If you were to take that into a DUI court, you'd be chucked out on your butt into the hallway and told to come back with a real defense. Yeah, that's some, What's that's the difference? Some, what is the some, difference? That's some George Young shit from Blow. I got caught with plants crossing an imaginary border. What did I really do? Well, you broke a lot of U.S. and international laws. Right. Go to federal prison. That's yeah. what you did. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, to be clear, I, I want <clears throat> to see. I, I believe that Cosby is guilty. And oh, I, absolutely. And so, I want yeah. to see him serve time for this. And I do believe that everything that he did in, in these scenarios is wrong. But to apply this charge to him, I because I don't know. I, I, I'm not, that's that's it, what the wording of it threw me. Because if the wording is, it's just it's just poorly worded, or they're paraphrasing the charge in the article I read. Yeah, and the the charge is got them drunk, drugged them. That's a different. That changes everything in my book. If I'm slipping well, you about, something against your will, right? Yeah. That's yeah. not the same as you going, I'm on three tabs of ecstasy and want to suck your cock in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's just called opportunity and willingness meet. That's called luck. Right. But 
Yeah, I mean, this is yeah. what, where we face parsing a lot of uh, horrible acts is intention. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this earlier, kind of a local story, but in Kalamazoo, they had the uh, they started the trial for the guy who uh, mowed down guess, the cyclists. Yeah, he plowed into like twelve cyclists, killed five of them. Yeah, and he's probably gonna spend the rest of his life in jail, like Cosby. And it, there's something about that that kind of rubs me the wrong way because I mean, look, this guy did a horrible thing, and he can't, things you can't undo, right? But should anybody live the rest of their lives in jail for an unintentional act? Because there is no charge of him actively mowing down somebody. Isn't that what, like, vehicular manslaughter and manslaughter is for? You didn't intend to kill him, but you still did, so you got to do some time, just not the rest of your life. Right, but, I mean, five people, I think... So obviously just, just he had a crowd of bikers. I don't know this story, but it seems like yeah. he had a crowd of bikers. Yeah, yeah. There was yeah. a whole group of them. On you know, is he an old guy? No, but from what I remember, no. Didn't he's, he do it on purpose? No, no, he didn't. He was fifty no, years is, old, Rich. To, was, to answer your age question, he was fifty, and he yeah. was either he was on drugs. I know he was on some sort of drug, and I think if I remember correctly, uh, he was intoxicated, Whoa, or partially that. intoxicated as well. And no, he didn't uh, plow into him oh, on okay. purpose. But if you he almost ran into- over. Hmm? If, if you add up intoxication, driving, killing people, pretty much intent goes out the Again, window at that it point. Goes it's, back, it's, it's, a, you still killed the, people. A certain neg- amount of negligence. Negligent homicide. That, yeah. 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 It goes back to what we were talking about. It doesn't matter. You made a decision to get baked or get high, to, to get high or drunk or something, and then you made the decision to get behind the wheel, and then five people were killed. You deserve that is yeah you you are responsible for that it doesn't matter whether or not it was intentional the 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 act of not being able to control yourself while you're messed up and keep yourself from getting behind the wheel is the the criminality Mm -hmm. well believe me believe me i know these things (laughs) yeah yeah i've been here not i haven't killed anybody but yeah i mean i've i've been i under i've had to i've had to do this math in my head over the years (laughs) couple of times yeah you know you're not supposed to drive fucked up yeah you have to put your you have to keep your from putting yourself in that situation if you can't control yourself and if you can't control yourself you probably shouldn't be using or drinking and if you make the choice to do it if you may i mean you're not drunk or high with the first time you hit the stuff right that's a decision you made sober and if you can't control yourself afterwards you know that so yeah you're responsible for this okay regardless but all right but i'll just argue this then i'm not i'm not fully disagreeing with you but Let's say you had this guy had an epileptic fit, and that's what caused him to hit these. But guys. that wasn't a choice. That's different, yeah. He did. He did. He. I know. <laughs> is he swallowing? Is he swallowing the epileptic follow pill to get me, high on his epileptic fit? Follow <laughs> me down this path. Well, Go ahead. He, I want to hear this. He is, he is a sufferer of disease, right? What is alcoholism and drug addiction? We've classified it as a disease. Yeah. Okay. I don't. <laughs> I'll let you guys le- handle this. Go ahead. I don't think in the legal sense we have. When we when we catch you it's drunk true. driving without killing anyone, we send you to AA yeah. on threat of jail if you don't go, or if you have money, you can fight it in court on grounds. Right. I don't know. All right. Stop following me down this path. This but is no, no. But hold on a second. No, seriously. seriously. I, I want to go back to the Cosby thing. <laughs> but the rest of it is like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. It's not a disease when it comes to the law. It's just a disease when it comes to your right. feelings. Well, now, but to tie this back to the Cosby thing, 
This is a charge that is a play. Now you get into something bail. You pull that shoot cord to quicker. (laughs) 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 Jesus, you're like you're like an airborne ranger with that topic. Well, out of here! <laughs> <laughs> Trapdoor the fuck out of here! <laughs> I don't want to talk about this anymore. No, don't look no. at the right hand. Look at the left hand. I mean, well, okay, we can we can talk it's about okay. it more. It's just I was no, no, kind no, of interested fine. in my own reaction to it. Right? This is a right. you know I should feel logically there's a there's a major part of me that says look this is justice served. This guy for whatever reason that led up to him making these decisions. He made them, and now not only are five people dead, but I mean, there's everybody else was severely injured. There was a woman being right. interviewed that had you know multiple operations, sounded like she was in pain all the time. Right. So you know this he, this guy majorly affected dozens, possibly hundreds of people's lives. Mm-hmm. He should suffer from it. But he yeah. also isn't he a sufferer himself? You know that's sure, the, the emotional is. part of me that like what happened to this guy that he is feels like he has to drink every day and do do so many drugs that well, he just fucking blacks out behind the wheel. That a, part of it, I, I I agree with that. I I, I appreciate the empathy, and I, I I would wonder the same thing had five people not died, because at the point that five people lost their lives to it. I yeah. think it becomes, if not irrelevant, at least a microscopic concern because it should have been right. it should have been addressed a long time ago before po- five people were dead. And there is an element of personal yeah. responsibility as well. If you're that messed up that you can't, I'll take you back to Dennis if you really want to go here. But there there is a an element where if you're that messed up, you have a personal responsibility not only to yourself but to the people who interact and encounter you mm-hmm. in life. To address it on your own. So if there was something that flawed with him that he couldn't exist without getting drunk or without getting high, he had a responsibility to himself and to society, to use a cliche, to address it while he could. Now he can't right. because five people are dead. Yeah. Well, one of, the, right? one, of the, one of the addiction counselors that I've dealt with before, we kind of had a conversation along these lines. Not the exact same thing. Uh-huh. But basically he, it came down to he's like, well, it doesn't matter because if you kill someone drunk driving, you're going to have a whole lot of years to worry about why you let yourself get to that point. And right. there's AA meetings in jail. Hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, believe me. He goes, you're going to have a whole lot of time to hmm. contemplate that. Yeah. And yeah. I was so like. Jail, jail and prison is a really good place to get self-reflective. A really good place. But, I mean, it just the way he said it, it, it kind of drove the point home. That this is all verbal ping pong. Once you're convicted of the crime, you got to do the time. That's that. Now, you, now you, if you want to get introspective, that's the time to get introspective. Because yeah. it's too late once you've taken someone's life. Yeah. Or, what or about ruin I mean, their yeah, life? Yeah. Ruin their life. And there, but I think let's, 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 here's what rubs me wrong about this, though, and is that when you when you do say that there's a certain level of like once the once your uh actions reach a certain consequence it doesn't nothing else matters is almost a way of relieving society of the of being saddled with that person of saying well look this person was just born broken there's nothing you were going to do about him why did no that's not that's it, not it, what it, they're doing they're, they're, the society is relieving themselves of that person but not because they're broken because he killed five pe- people with his vehicle yes 
You see what I mean? Nobody threw him away just because he was broken. They threw him away because he ran down a group of bicyclists and five people are dead. Yeah, let's get him out of the social pool. But it allows you to say that it by saying that that person is broken, you don't examine how any person could maybe get to that point, right? And and then therefore you don't really solve the bigger problem of of drug and alcohol addiction. Well, then these two, then what we're talking about are right. two different things. What we're talking about with this guy, maybe we should use another example then, because with this okay. guy, the two are mutually exclusive. You can't have that conversation about the man after he killed five people on on Northwest Mitch Street. Yeah. You see, it's too late for that. So maybe we should find another example. Maybe uh, what's that, that's that, that crazy bitch out in Hollywood that's always like getting drunk and snorting coke and getting pulled over. What's her fucking name? Lindsay Lohan. Maybe her. She hasn't killed anybody yet. Maybe she's the one that we should be talking about uh, who's broken and needs to be rehabilitated. Uh-huh. And why isn't she being? But once you – you see what I'm saying? Once well, you kill no. those five people, it, it, that conversation not, is done. Uh, right. I, I know that, that that individual is written off, inappropriately so. I'm only, but, I'm only throwing that out there because you keep saying him, him, him. You're using this specific example. Right. So I'm, I'm connecting the two because you are. <laughs> you know, if you want to have that conversation about alcohol and substance abuse and mental health, that's fine. But you can't have it in conjunction with someone who ran over five people with a truck. Mm-hmm. Because it's, wow. it, the conversation is pointless. It's, he, it, it, it's meaningless. No, I think, there's a, I, I think there's still the conversation to be had there. I mean, but, uh, it's like saying, well... Like Hitler, how Hitler grew up is not worth examining because because everything that he did as an adult completely overshadowed that. It doesn't matter. But yet, isn't there something to be understood there from how somebody gets to that point? First of all, that's our what? first Hitler re- reference of the episode. Yep. So let's write that down. Ding, ding. I went, I went there. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, it's a good example, actually, because I'm actually reading. I just started this uh, novel or a non-novel uh, biography on jo- uh, Joseph Goebbels this week. Uh-huh. And trying to understand, and the author is using his uh, own diary. He kept a really expand. I didn't realize this actually, but he kept a really uh, in-depth diary from the time he's like twenty-two or twenty-three years old. And he's going into like narcissism and all these other sort of traits that this kid had. Why he had them? Because he had a club foot and he was crippled and all this, so he compensated somewhere else. And how that applied to turning into the Nazi uh, regime's propaganda minister. Uh-huh. There is a site. There is something to be learned from that. I'm not saying it's not, but I don't think that using and connecting it to a guy who has, again, I'm going to go right back to that, who's killed five people, I don't think that's the most effective use of the psychology. That's all. Because if if you're a psychologist in prison, your job is to deal with the guy or people like him. Right. So in the larger scheme of things, of course, I believe in prison. If you don't want to do that, you can just say, fuck it, I ain't doing it. I mean, they might stick you in solitary or some shit. You might yeah, might spend some time yeah. in ADSAC. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how prisons how prisons work from every prison to the next. But I mean, if if they do talk to somebody, I'm sure that those those psychiatrists or psychologists will write papers that will get published. It'll be it'll be absorbed into the 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 wider academia of the of the the science. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it will be taken into consideration. It's just. It's kind of like we were talking about child molesters. You know, if they have urges, but they never fucking, they never act on them. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? Throw them in prison? But then, isn't that going to stop people who are like, "Look, I, I don't know why, but I have this urge, and I'm coming for help." Isn't right. that going to stop them from from coming forward? 
it's it's going to drive them into the shadows. Yeah, you know what? Once, once they once you fuck a child, it's like eh, we're done with you. And that's why it's like appropriately so. So yeah, I'm with you. Let me offer then, up a very rare, rare example of something. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually I'm gonna do a complete 180 right now because I just realized something that what you're saying about this guy in the truck is exactly the conversation I had about this dentist guy not too long ago. Okay. I did the same exact thing you're trying to do because I knew him. I tried to figure out what it was that uh, after he got blown up, you remember the story, the guy got blown up in the oil well, wound up shooting the cops and himself. I did the exact same thing. I tried to psychologically understand why he went from a normal human being to being barricaded in a garage drunk waiting for the cops to bust through the door so he could ambush him. Right. I think I may have been a little reactionary on this just simply because I don't know the guy. I, th- I appreciate what you're trying to do. And it's not a <laughs> it's a very compassionate and empathetic way to go. Well, you know, it, I, I think I'm reacting this way because I've known so many addicts in my life. Yeah. And so I have sympathy for that. Yeah. You know, and I think about what if somebody that was close to me, like I, I've known people who've done some really fucked up shit and there could have easily been a person right there at the you know wrong place, wrong time and seen them in jail. Yeah. And they made the same, de- and they made the same decisions this guy made. And it's, and I guess that part of that scares me. Yeah. And I, you know, and I don't so have, that's to where any, my sympathy comes from. I have to look no further than myself. I mean, that could have easily been me easily i wasn't high but uh, there was times that I, you know I, i've been pulled over a few times and lost my license and all that stuff for drinking and uh i've said before that by the grace of sky daddy almighty that yeah. i didn't wrap myself around a tree or something else that could have been me so and, you know this is this attitude of uh of there but the for the grace of god go i which even as an atheist is still one of my favorite phrases this is uh, one that, Chris, you and I are both uh, Adam Carolla podcast listeners, and this is something that he rails against, that he doesn't understand. He can't understand how you could look at somebody in prison and, well, that could be, that could be any of us. That could be me in there. And I'm like, how do you not ask that question? I mean, yeah, there are some things where, it, uh, like, when I hear about... Uh, fucking Jordan, what's his name, the the subway dude, I don't go, that could be me. Like, no. There's, I can't imagine any event in my life where I end up, that it makes me end up like that. That ends up as a child molester. Certainly there's lines that you can't cross. But there's a whole world of other possibilities in there. Of oh, things that you choices. could go to jail. That, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I could but totally I think, see and, myself as a Jim Jones. <laughs> right. like, what kind of, Mental what kind of note, guys? never guys take like, Kool-Aid from Todd ever no, again. What, no, what's your flavor, guys? <laughs> Sorry. Well, if you're going to do one up for the Sporgy podcast, Honolulu Blue and Silver. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, you know, look, you bring up a lot of good points, and I feel that way, and that's one of the reasons that I make the choice <sighs> to live the way I do versus the way it would be very easy for me to do. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the reasons I, I choose to work the shift I do is because it automatically takes me out of a lot of bullshit. What are you doing Friday night? Oh, I got to work. What are you doing Saturday night? Got to work too. 
makes it makes it gives me a built-in excuse. Another reason is because I don't want to be forty and running the streets and worried about where my next high is coming from and this bill didn't get paid because I got high. Right. And the shit that you got to do once you've burned all the bridges with your family and friends to where they're once again hands in the air going till you get till you get clean I can't deal with you no more. And then so now now you have to find out how just how morally flexible you really are. I'm 41. I don't want to do that no more. As a consequence, I don't really know how to do much of anything else, so I just stay at fucking home and don't do anything. It's like being in love. Yeah. She gets mad at me when I go out, and I'm miserable when she's mad at me, so as a consequence, I just stay home and be miserable. <laughs> and then we're both miserable, but she's happy somehow, so it's wonderful. I, no, I, I know I'm jo- it's a, it sounds like a joke, but it's, it's, it's how I feel. And I mean, it's a, it's a decision you have to make. Yeah. I, I could go out drinking, but how am I going to get home? I don't. I know me. If I go to a bar, I'm drinking enough to where I'm going to go. Oh fuck! I ain't got nothing for a cab and an Uber, a well, Lyft, nothing. That's why the 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 last verdict that you had mentioned in the Cosby case is kind of chilling. Like this is a person. I don't feel sympathy when I hear the Cosby verdict. Because this is a person who made some decisions that I can't see myself ever making. I would not be in that position. It's about for Cosby. Like, you don't feel sympathy for Cosby. You're right. I don't feel sympathy for... Yes, exactly. You know, he he is making... He made conscious decisions that I would... That I would never make it. I don't, I don't. I can't imagine a circumstance that would that would put me in a situation like that. But yet he's being charged with something that I can see easily applied to people who I would be like, well, that that could have been me. You know, I purposely bought drinks for a girl so that she would get drunk and blow me, and she did. Like, <laughs> I, see, but that goes back to the whole thing of if this is. If this is the new way that we're going to be throat fucked to f- and forced to fucking look at sex, then the, then the, the sexual dynamics have to change. And this is where it's going to be just, just like Todd. I agree with Todd. It, in nature, the males pursue the females. It's very rare that it's the other way around. It does happen, but it's very rare. Now we're yeah. going to sit here and we're going to undo biology for political political correctness. Because if you look at it the way you just said it, uh-huh. every fucking singles bar is a rape bar. It's a bar <laughs> to go yeah. to, 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 get, to get women drunk and rape them. And yet they're full. Right now, it's Thursday night. Right. It's pre-Friday in the college town. Yeah, and they're full of women. <laughs> There's people waiting in line to get into <laughs> Are they there just to hear yes. the latest new beats? <laughs> Come on. No, that's if they're on drugs that makes them want to fuck. If they're drinking, they, they don't give a shit. They just want to get fucked. But no, but that's but once again, this is where when when people get up when these women and men get up and say rape culture and this and that and everything's this and everything's this and everything's this. This is what we needs to start being said to them. So what do you so what do you propose is the solution? And just going, teach your sons not to rape isn't a solution. Okay. We teach people not to kill. They do it all the time. We teach people, guess what? I know plenty of girls that were brought up not to cheat in relationships, yet all them hoes did it. So, hmm, how well that work? So what's your, what's your realistic solution here? And call them out on this shit, because it's nonsense. 
Because it's going to get to the point where there's going to be a case where someone is going to prison for a long time because they bought a girl drinks at a bar. Oh, no, that's that's common. And it's good. There's going to be I, I mentioned this maybe a month ago that there's going to be one of these cases with like the Brokaw thing or something else where false allegations are going to be levied. OK, there's going to be some some bitch out there is going to want to just level charges against somebody either to get a monetary settlement, get into the public eye, further their career publicity wise. Something somewhere is going to happen and it's going to be a big story and then it's going to be proven to be fabricated. And then what happens if you, if you think about it, then it discredits everything. I mean, there are a lot of cases here. I don't think any of us would disagree. There are a lot of cases where sexual assault and harassment have gone too far and something should happen to some people. None of us disagrees with that. But as soon as that first case comes about where it's proven to be fabricated, faked, lied, it's going to do so much damage to the women who actually have a case, a complaint. Because yeah. nobody, everybody's going to cling to that one example. That's coming. It has to. It has to come. Right? But Tom, Absolutely you know has do? to. You know what they'll do? It's, it's, they're going to do the same thing that gun owners do. They're going to absolve themselves from the situation by saying, now, they won't, it, She it won't did matter. that. A feminist no. didn't do that. She did that. It won't matter. It will not matter. Because I, I, I honestly believe this, that that one case will discredit everything. I don't care what they say. They won't, they won't matter. Oh, yeah. Well, remember when everyone was talking about campus rape and then Rolling Stone did a story that turned out to be completely fabricated. And now if you talk to somebody about campus rape, they're like, "Eh, half those stories are made up anyway. Exactly. Half. Whereas, I mean, you're one story. Now half of them are false. It doesn't matter. The the actual statistics don't matter. That will be what people will tell themselves. And that's that's a perfect comparison, Aaron. That's exactly what will happen. They're going to see everything happening. The positive end of the Me Too movement shouldn't be a movement. It should be like a cultural ripple, right? But everything, everything positive about the Me Too movement will be completely corrupted as soon as that happens. Because exactly, one, one episode is going to lead everybody to start questioning how many of the other ones were, were made up. Yep. So they'll just say, yeah, half of these things are probably lies anyway. Looking to exploit, looking to, to make money, get their, their picture on the news, get a payday, something. People are that see, cynical and jaded now. They just see, need I that get, one example. I guess if it's, if it's the type of situation where an accuser makes an accusation, the police don't find, either she doesn't cooperate with the police enough to go forward with a, with a, a case and prosecute, or... She doesn't cooperate with the police, but she's, boom, right there to the civil trial. That mm-hmm. makes you look a certain way, period. Oh, yeah. That's all there oh, is yeah. to it. Yeah. Okay. One of the things that we're not addressing here that we never talk about when the subject of false accusations come up, because first of all, you bring it up in mixed company, and women will be the first one to say, oh, 98% of rapes go unreported. Well, how the fuck do you know that 98% of rapes go unreported if no one's talking to them, talking to anyone about them? <laughs> Meaningless okay. statistic. Meaningless fucking statistic. Pulled out of your I got even a statistic. Lady. Okay, let, yeah. me pull, let me pull a statistic out of my ass. 60% of the time, it works 100% of the time. There you go. It means absolutely nothing. Yeah, 100% so right of there, the time in the last 15 seconds, lady, you were full of shit. How's that? There's a statistic for you that's just as accurate as yours was. 98%. Now, now when... When you, if you can finally get past the, the, the great wall of China that has been installed on these women, 
to fucking throw up defenses the minute they're challenged on anything and actually have a exchange of ideas with them, then you got to hit them with this. It's not necessarily about fame. It's not necessarily about money or furthering a career. There's just fucked up people out there. I have, have none of you ever met a woman with borderline personality disorder? Oh, they, they, they do shit just to do it. Yeah, yeah. We've all. <laughs> That's, I'm just I'm being dead serious. They, they do yeah. shit just to do it. It yeah. is the weirdest fucking thing. And it's even, even, even the most liberal of psychiatrists and psychologists and it will tell you there's no known way to treat it. There's no effective way to treat it. It's something you have to learn to live with. And it takes a very patient person to live with a person with that disorder. And it's like, okay, well, it's, it's almost like an impulse disorder. Something hits the front of their mind. They're pissed at you at this moment. In their mind, they've always been pissed at you. You've always been an asshole. And they go so hard at you that when five minutes later, they're not angry at you anymore. They don't understand you might have just accused them of rape, of beating them, of fucking their sister. What are you mad at me for? Five minutes later, and it, so the, those type of people that make are, are, make accusations just as well as ill-intentioned people. You know what I'm saying? You know, people who are wanting a payday or wanting to further get their name into whatever. And I mean, that's not talked about. That's an issue. We need to talk about that. It's just it's it's just like anything else. It's it's. One of many issues on why this shit happens like it does. But the problem is, is and this is where I have to agree with them. What's the greater issue? Trying to understand these false allegations and prevent them or actually investigating the allegations that are on the table. Because when I hear Detroit police have rape kits going back yeah. 25 years that haven't been tested, I got a fucking issue with that. Yeah. You can't tell me you're doing everything you, you can. That's bullshit. You think Cosby called this cock fat Albert? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, the, the positive end of this, and uh, I mentioned in the pre-show that I was sitting here with something that felt like a parasite that needed to be extracted from my brain called hope uh, this week, uh, bouncing around on the Twitter, which has become my, uh, my medium of choice. I was wrong about Twitter, too. That's twice I've admitted I was wrong about something tonight, you fuckers. Anyway, um... <laughs> Uh, that's growth Todd shut the fuck up Um, (laughs) no but I've been finding people on Twitter Um, and maybe it's just because of the I guess maybe the I don't know who I'm seeking out and all that stuff there is a shift coming and I've said that I thought that there was going to be sort of the anti-kale backlash is what I've been calling it I think I said that there was going to be a backlash toward this uber sort of Nazi feminism and I think it started I'm seeing a lot of people that are fleeing as fast as they can from the uh, Green Tea Party. I'm seeing women who are coming out against uh, radical feminism and uh, sort of the, uh, as you like to say, Rich, photo-negative sexism. I'm seeing a lot of this. I don't see it on Facebook because it's insular and sort of incestuous. You're only around the people that you kind of associate and agree with. You're around the same people all the time. At least in Twitter, you get new voices. And um, I'm, I'm really surprised by that. It's happened. I think it's happening a lot quicker than I ever expected it to. So I think if you, you know, when you, if we're talking in terms in, in absolutist terms about women and about sexism and or reverse sexism, photo negative sexism and all that. I think we need to be really careful here because I don't think that um, 
I don't know how I want to phrase this. I think it's more of a mainstream movement than I'd like it to be. But I think there is some some hmm, sensibility out there, or at least some awakening sensibility, where people are are sort of, I think, uh, if not marching, at least drifting to the center again. And that's good. I've been really, really encouraged by that. Well, it is shocking when the, the initial first tsunami wave of Me Too happened. I think we talked about this on the show. If not, we talked about it like in pre-show and forgot to talk about it in the show. But the response from overseas was sort of mixed. It left me left me shell shocked, honestly. Like right. to hear actresses in France and in England and and you know Ireland and, and you know all the UK go. If a guy grabs you and you don't want him to grab, turn around, and slap the shit out of him. Right. That's what you do. Yeah. What is the problem here, women? What is with the, I thought American women were supposed to be tough, independent, don't need nobody, yet they need to go cry with their fucking emotional support gerbil, right. stuffed up their fucking gash because some guy fucking looked at him too long on the street. <laughs> well, this goes back like, to the... Also, goes back. We give our politicians free prostitutes. <laughs> yeah. like, we, we want them laid constantly. Well, this goes back out to of the, wars. the whole cultural movement, though, of victimization. Everybody's a victim, and everybody deserves some sort of reparations from the evil white beast, white men, the patriarchy. That's what I think what this boils down to. It's all coming from the same crowd when you're talking about the, the, that kind of thing. And I, I who, who were those? Catherine Deneuve, is that her name? Did yes. I say it right? Yeah, I think she, uh, I forget the other woman's name, but that's exactly right. You turn around, you punch him in the face. But he grabs your booby, you kick him into balls. Take care of yourself, handle your shit. You know, and I'm sick and tired of seeing these heroes who 20 years after the fact, even if Tom Brokaw was gro- was groping these women 20 years ago, where the fuck was your heroism 20 years ago? He was a big star in 1998. Go to the media then. Go to, you know what, if NBC won't hear your complaints, CBS or ABC would have. Fox News sure as fuck would have. So it's this whole yeah. thing. It wasn't that big of a deal, apparently, in 1998, where she was, you know, um, victimized to the point where she didn't really say anything or where she felt like she should have said anything. It couldn't have been that big of a deal in my head. Her career or not burning bridges was much more important to her then. And now, now that we've got this culture, this mob of victimization, everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon. In the meantime, I wonder how many times she told that story at cocktail parties about the time Tom Brokaw grabbed her tit. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, remember? Yeah, and then Tom Brokaw, you know who he is, right? Crazy. He actually, he felt me up. No way. Tom Brokaw? Oh, my God, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's, that's, that's how I see this. It's, there is, again, I think that the, this is all coming from um, a specific group, a specific subgroup, sub-demographic of the batshit left. And I, I honestly, I, I, I don't know. I, I want to kind of sit back and observe things for a couple of more weeks. But there's something, something moving here. And I'm very encouraged by it. Because a lot of this stuff, a lot of the stuff that we're sitting here talking about and we're bitching about and complaining about and, and, and sort of vilifying here on this podcast week after week, a lot of other people are distancing themselves from it and speaking out against it. Not just us. And I've been saying for a long time, we're four dudes here who are all saying the same thing independently that have landed along different points of the ideological spectrum over the last decade. 
And we are all coming to the same conclusion. We cannot be alone here, and we're not. The backlash against this sort of cultural authoritarianism, I think, has begun. And it's going to be a nasty one. I mean, it's going to be, people are going to push back. Uh, I know why you're really excited about Twitter, Todd. Do you? Kanye's back. <laughs> God, that, this is the beautiful Every, segue. You everyone just was super that excited. Yeah. <laughs> everyone was so excited for the last two weeks about Kanye's back on Twitter. He's yeah. back on his shit again. He, was he off? I didn't know he was. He, <laughs> I didn't know he left. <laughs> oh yeah, he, yeah. He was off Twitter for a while, and then out comes the MAGA hat. <laughs> Candace. Everyone loses their shit over Kanye all over well, again. The thing, the thing with Kanye, though, if I'm understanding this right, who is this? Can, is it Candace Owens? Is that uh, her name? Who's that? Oh God, I want to make sure I'm getting her name right. I don't. I may not be, but she came out and she's a black woman, and has come out railing uh, against. She's a conservative black woman, and she's come out railing against the Democrats and the liberals, saying that they don't own black people. And I think that's what, uh, and that they don't have to be Democrats. And uh, I think that's what lured Kanye into this whole thing. Because he came out and said that he liked the way she thought. This is a big deal. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe I'm making a bigger deal out of it than it really is. But this seems to me to be uh, significant. No, there was, I, I... I agree with you, Todd, because on Monday on NPR, there was a uh, a segment they had a guest on, and they were talking about 2016 election, 2018 midterms, and race. And this gentleman basically goes, okay, so over half this country didn't vote, right? And the, the interviewer goes, um, yeah, last election. Right. So those people aren't Democrats or Republicans. Over half this country doesn't want to identify themselves with either two parties. They have a problem. They need to realize that. All they're, the only people they're holding on to anymore are the wing nuts. And now I'm paraphrasing what he, what he said at this point. But mm-hmm. the, 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 the people that, you know, the identity politics on both sides being pandered to, coal miners being pandered to by Trump, you know, 789 Tumblr genders as of 10.05 tonight you know, on the left and all that shit. And I'm, I'm like, to hear this on NPR and to hear the person and doing the interview agreeing with the person who's saying this, not challenging them, not like trying to spin it as, well, they're just, they were just disenfranchised. They just didn't vote. But being like, no, I can see it. A lot of people were kind of jumping ship of, the, of these two parties and the idea that you have to completely align yourself with them. Right. And yeah, I mean, that's that's what I've I, I look. I don't like Trump. Fuck Trump. Fuck him in one ear. Fuck him in the other ear. I don't give a shit. Fuck Kanye West. Really? Uh, he needs to go back to I, making beats and never fucking get near a microphone as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but I respect the balls it takes for him to come out and say what he did, because it's the equivalent of standing up in the fucking middle of the Vatican. And, you know, back in the day when they would fucking torture you for saying this shit and saying that you know the earth doesn't re- or the sun doesn't revolve around right. the earth right but but there were so many people that were just outraged by it they wanted to see a, a, a negative reaction to uh, to Kanye I mean look he's 
he wasn't unsupportive of the president of the ba- in the past. He talked <coughs> positively about Trump. He was, you know, got to meet him, and he didn't, you know, take that opportunity to tell him off. He was, you know, it was a very cordial meeting. But uh, when he came out with the the picture of him wearing the MAGA hat, Twitter so much. Not Twitter. I'm talking about it like it's a like it's an a, an organism. <laughs> Like it had its own consciousness. Kind of does. There was there was so many people on Twitter that wanted to believe that that was going that he was going to lose followers because of that. They faked evidence of it, right? And and started posting something that is easily disprovable. Like all I have to do is look at your screen cap of 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 supposedly Kanye losing nine million followers in six minutes because he posted a picture of him in a MAGA hat, and then go to Kanye's Twitter and see how many followers he actually actually has. Right. Plus, they didn't even change the times on the on the two pictures. Well, it's but, a prop. It's a propaganda poster. Is all that is. Right. Yeah, it is. That's exactly what it is for people who don't want to go and look. They, that will not go through the effort it takes to fact check something. That will what's, just retweet without race. Yes. What's scary? Yes. Yeah. What's scary? What's scary is how many people won't bother to take. Let's be very generous and say thirty seconds to fact check that. This is the, you know, I didn't fact check it because I knew it was wrong. <laughs> right. I had no reason to go check it. Yeah. I was just like, there's no way that that many people unfollowed him because he did something crazy. That's why they follow him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they're it's, just level-headed opinions. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I don't really put a lot of stock in uh, in, you know, music artists. <laughs> you know, putting forth their political opinions. Uh, but this is, to me, it's interesting. Because he is Kanye West. Uh-huh. And for a black man to come out and put the MAGA hat on and say, you know what, now I don't have to be a Democrat. I don't have to be a liberal. I th- it, it is a big deal. He is, a, you know, a, I don't know if he's a racial icon, but he's a cultural icon to black America. And for someone like him, this Candace Owens person to come out and encourage people to as they, as she put it, get off the plantation. That's those are her words, not mine. And attacking and rebuffing Stephen Colbert because I guess Colbert did some some bit on Kanye's Twitter thing this week, and okay. it's like, yeah, the masters want their slaves back. They don't want you thinking for yourself. And that's that's the tenor of this thing. It's not that they're urging people to go out and buy MAGA hats and say make America great again and you know, become Trump worshipers. What they're doing, from what I've seen, is encouraging thought, encouraging people to think for themselves and ask themselves what they believe rather than following the doctrine, the dogma, the scripture, however you want to put it. And that to me, that that to me is, I think, the encouraging thing. One of his tweets this week was, uh, I don't have it in front of me, but it was basically we had eight years of Obama and nothing changed in Chicago. Right, right. Yeah, and Chance the Rapper True. got in on this. And Chance the Rapper got in on that, too. He's he's sort of involved in this as well. He's a big deal, especially in Chicago. Yeah. He's huge. Well, I didn't see it. Was he, he, was he backing Kanye on this, or did he challenge him yeah. on it? Yeah, no, he, he defended him. him. Yeah. Yeah. The, the There's problem. something. We're, we may be trying to uh, sorry Rich I'll, I'll let you let go me ahead, just throw this in there it, it, the, the, the thing is is that we may be trying to analyze this too soon yeah. because it's only a few days old I'm not sure what the traction all this has I'm not sure 
Exactly, because the the batshit left is gonna, you know, they've already begun. They've started calling him mentally unstable, Kanye. Well, they've, they've already started their 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 backlash. But I want to see. I really, 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 really want to see how much traction and how how this plays itself out because this sort of drift back to the center and and shedding of the uh, the doctrine, the dogma on both sides is exactly what we need to happen. Yeah. It's precisely. It was, the the ramp up to this is almost ingenious is is return to Twitter. Right? He comes back and he starts talking all this stuff about finding inner peace and and understanding himself and and other people and coming together and all these positive things and everyone's like, "Yay, Kanye's back." And then and and yeah, he's right. We need to come together. And then he puts on the hat, and they're like, get him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happened to all the come-together shit? What happened to looking for common ground? What happened to we didn't all put the on the right you were jersey. like, you were retweeting right. and liking furiously. And then, <laughs> and then when he starts talking about his own personal political views, you're like, oh, that guy's got to go. Yeah. Blasphemer. When I, when I see what, what, what's going on with Kanye, it reminds me of like... If you have a friend and they're a pretty bad drinker or drugger, they disappear for a little bit. Uh-huh. And you start hearing through the grapevine in their back, but they're clean. And you're like, oh, that's great. That's wonderful. Right. And then the first time you get to sit down with them, you're like, oh, so you know how long you've been clean? Well, you know, I got six months. Oh, it's, you know, it's awesome, blah, blah, blah. What are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm going to whatever, 12-step meetings, working my program, blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. So, I mean, you know, is it hard for you? No, 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 no. Because with the help of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it's perfectly fine. And you're like, oh, <laughs> motherfucker. Oh, you were so close. <laughs> That's what Kanye did to all his, to, to everybody on the left. They were like, yes, yes. And then he went, and Donald Trump. And they were like, no. And here's the reason why. Because, and Jill, why yeah, yeah. Here's, here's, here's the reason why. And, and. Send your hate letters to. You're gonna have to create, Chris. You might actually have to create unregimented. an email for me at unregimented just to separate the hate mail. Because I'm pretty sure if, if someone hears the right person hears what I'm about to say, it's gonna it's gonna get twisted and fucked up. You want to talk about a community that bows to peer pressure? It's the hip hop community. That is oh. the most bullshit. We don't care what happened six months ago. We have no sense of history. It's all about follow the trends now. It's about what you say versus what you do. It's about R. what Kelly. you floss versus what you own. It's the hip-hop community. And they're the first ones to talk about, well, you, they, they, oh, that, that motherfucker ain't real. He ain't got no street cred. What street cred? You're rapping, motherfucker. <laughs> real gangsters don't go platinum, bitch. Shut up. Mm-hmm. You got nine-year-old Asian girls rapping, uh, rapping about, I, 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 I get fat stacks at the trap house, and I'm supposed to take this shit seriously? <laughs> but here's the problem. In, to, 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 to people embedded in the hip-hop community, once you get out of the, the, the very dark corners of the hip-hop community that not a lot of light is, sh- is shown on, it is follow the fucking leader. And so what's going to happen is the right person is going to speak out against Kanye. They're going to call him one of a few things, or maybe all of them, Uncle Tom, but that might, that might be too old of one. So they'll probably call him an Oreo, and if they don't call him an Oreo, they're definitely going to say, oh, he's corny now. That's the new he's insult. That's, that's, 
That's a corny brother right there. That's, that's the new insult. And that right there. And, and then you're going to have people say, you know how you know he's corny? White people are liking him now. And that's, what, that's, what, that's what's going to happen. Because the same thing happened. Remember Steve Harvey showed up and met with uh, Trump when he was president-elect before he was uh, sworn in? Yeah. And all hell broke loose. All the op-eds were... Steve Harvey showed up. We were hoping he was going to say, I'm sorry, this has been a mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and this, this man is not your president. <laughs> and all the op-eds were about how... You know, well, he does, what is, what is it, uh, the old Richard Dawson show, Family Feud, and he's got his talk show for uh, overweight housewives who cry and eat too much ice cream, and those are all, those are all white women, because that's white privilege to do that. So he ain't for us anyways, he's just a corny ass, but he's a corny ass Negro, don't worry about him no more. He's, he's y'all's Negro now, he ain't one of us. That's exactly what they did to him. It's a motherfucker that got up there with a black scent so thick. Most white people under the age of 30 when the Kings of Comedy come out couldn't understand what the fuck he was saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had motherfuckers that grew up on five points in Detroit going, what is he saying? I don't even know that. I don't even know that type of Ebonics. <laughs> so, I mean, how is all of a sudden he our Negro? He ain't one of you. See, that's what they're going to do. That's, that's the game that's being played. Period. And the people in the middle don't care because we know it's bullshit. The problem is it's going to get a few more ears because it's going to play. And I mean, when it comes to saying, you know, the plantation shit, why I understand where, what's his, Candace, what's her face? Owens. Owens. Well, I understand where Candace Owens is coming from. You're doing the same thing the people on the far left have been doing. Oh, that's right. Go play up to Massa, Kanye. <clears throat> you go be a good house Negro, Kanye. It's the, it's the flip side of the same coin. We're getting nowhere. We're she, spinning uh, tires using the same bullshit tactics. Well, Candace Owens, uh, the reason she got into the conversation, I don't know who she is, to be honest with you. I have no idea. I didn't know that name before earlier this week. But she went on to uh, Twitter and posted something where she was at hmm, some sort of a um, an event. She was doing like a question-answer kind of thing with the audience, I think. And she tore into Black Lives Matter saying that it's uh, basically professional uh, oppressionism, victimization, where um, the black community and Black Lives Matter in particular uh, have sort of chained themselves up to um, reactionary, an, a reactionary attitude toward being oppressed and toward being a victim. The black community really wanted to rise up and take control of its own destiny, its own uh, future, that it would have to shed the notion of being a victim, and that's why Black Lives Matter was a bunch of BS in her mind. Anyway, and uh, I hadn't seen a lot of that coming from the black community at all. So has she been fired yet? I don't think she's employed. <laughs> I did this. She wasn't a member. Uh, I think she may be a pundit of some sort, but I've never seen her attached. I don't know who she is. I, I may be wrong about this, but I haven't seen her attached to any sort of an organization. Well, but she a, made. Good. I, I was just going to say, there's a. A very small sect of what the far left would consider alt-right that they say is being assembled, much like the Avengers, to appeal to black people, to appeal to moderate or or yeah. or, or slightly left-leaning black people, to pull them into more towards the right. Like, uh, what's her name? Diamonds and Pearls? Diamonds? 
What is it? That those two are one. Those those those. They, they got, are one. <laughs> well, they're, no, they're one. They're no, one I, show yes, that, that one is being example, accused yes. of doing this. I follow you. Tommy Sotomayor is another one. Incidentally, um, let me mention that that those two black women you were just talking about. There was some yes. story that I saw, and it was from a reputable source that I think popped tonight. That they found a paper trail, a financial trail between them and Trump. See, okay, there you go. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. it, right there. That's just going to fuel the fucking fire. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay, because the other, the, other, the other guy I can think of is a guy who was just on Joe Rogan who has a show on NRA, NRA TV. And the reason he went on Joe Rogan is because, obviously, John Oliver just had that, that, that you know, expose on NRA TV. Uh-huh. And they didn't really show anything of him. One, and he's like, I'm a host on one of the top shows on that network. Why was, didn't he talk about me? Yeah. Is it because I'm black and I'm a gun owner? Is it because I have some very liberal ideas about things outside of taking guns away from the American people? Is it because it didn't fit a narrative? And But you see, it doesn't matter because they just lump in and say, hey, they're all paid for by the alt-right. They're, they're to catch all the... They're to catch all the 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 the, the black people who aren't yeah. in the in, in to the far left where the Democrats welcome them into the fold and wrap their veiny bat wings around them and protect them, you know, and it's it's it, it ultimately nothing's going to come of it. I, I I wish I shared your hope, Todd, but I've seen this play out five six times over the last four or five years now. And there's always someone that comes up and you're like, wow, this person can't be ignored. This person can't be wrote off. This person can't be this. And they find something. And if they can't find it, they'll invent something. Case in point, Milo Yiannopoulos is a fucking troll. That's all he is. He's a, he's a somewhat amusing troll. But the reason they, that they shut him down mm. for talking about when he was younger, being in a, a, a relationship with an older man and how that was common in the gay community. George Takei said the same thing weeks before on Howard Stern. No one blinked an eye. He says it. Yeah, he has to go away now. He's a child molester. But you know, it's kind of interesting. I don't know if you follow the case of uh, what's the the White House doctor who was put up for the uh, to head up the VA. I purposely I, I, ignored that Ronnie something or other. I saw his first name. R- Ronnie. <laughs> Call him Ronnie. Th- I. <clears throat> sorry. The uh, this guy had no business. Heading up a, a huge organization like the the Veterans uh, Association, and was completely unqualified for it. But the the reasons that they gave for and that well, he did, they didn't have to really challenge it. They threw so much shit at him that he just bowed out, right? But none of this was directly uh, about his qualifications. It was all he's, you know, he drunk and handing out drugs like he was the fucking candy man and you know it has a bad temper yet multiple people report him for having a, a negative work environment i mean honestly th- this guy should probably have his own show on showtime i was gonna is say what he really should be <laughs> that was like a reality show to me <laughs> Not even like he would be some kind of anti-hero, you know, the the doctor who gets fucked up still. House and, and you know this. Someone's got to test the meds. It's just it seems ridiculous to me that like we had to go down that road. We couldn't have 
a conversation on whether this guy was had to, to the basic merits the the competency to do this job. He had to be torn apart as a horrible human being. But that well, isn't that what we do these days? Yeah, it's part of the matter. course. Yeah, that's what I mean, we it goes, do. <laughs> it goes back. It goes back to you know the the NFL draft just happened, and a, and a quarterback who was looking to go pretty high, apparently in middle school, first year of high school, had some like memes or tweets or or posts on facebook or something that right. that were kind of like racial humor and it was these racist tweets might come back to affect him yeah and it's like what was it was it a, was it a meme was it him calling someone a racial slur there's a difference there's a world of difference between the two if i post something that is a joke and i post something in the first person as if i'm saying it it's going to be a lot harder for me to go I was joking on the second one. No, if I was joking, I'd have, I'd have said it in, in a joking manner. It's it's just it's just one example of the shit that happened. How many times have how many times have we heard stories now about the minute someone hits the public consciousness, they get doxxed, Basically, remember Ken Ham? <laughs> no, yeah, old old old, old red sweater Ken Ham. Oh, you mean Ken Bone? Ken Bone, that's it. Ham Bone, that's it. That's it. Ken, yeah, is it Ken, Ken Bone or Ken Ham? Because Ken Ham's the yeah, guy, he's the guy that has the big different. arc. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my bad. Okay, Ken Bone, my bad. Which one is Ken Ham then? He's the guy that runs the Creationist Museum down there in Kentucky. He has the life-size arc. He's got the Lincoln beard. He's got the Lincoln beard. God, he is the most ridiculous human being alive. Yeah, that's no, not him, not him. So Ken Bone, he got up to he got up asked his question sat down before that fucking town hall was over i knew that he'd like to jerk off to preg porn i knew where he worked i knew where he lived mm-hmm. and i didn't even look up this shit myself this was presented to me in a news article about him i mean literally in 30 minutes that's what we do that's what we do if 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 this podcast ever gets national attention we are so fucked they're just We're they're just going to comb pitch. our fucking social media you might as well just delete every well, account we international attention that's what I said. International. Okay. Oh yeah, I've already thought about that. I'm. I, I do not have any of my name attached to any of the shit we talk about here. Good luck finding me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I intend to hide in inside of a like a, a little chipmunk nest somewhere. Man, metaphorically fuck that. speaking, much like the along. woman who who points to her, to her crotch and says, "You better get you better get down here and get hungry." And you yeah. go, "Do you stand behind your product?" I'll dip my finger in my metaphorical pussy and lick it. I stand behind my product. Fucking come look mm. for me. I don't mm. give a shit. What uh, are you going to take from me? What are you going to take uh, from me that I, that I have? Nothing. Uh. <laughs> so I ain't scared. Come on. Wait, wait, seriously. What are you, what are you, uh, we're we're going to make you homeless. I'm one mm-hmm. step above that right now. I've, I've slept in my car. I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> well... Another example, another recent example in the news of uh, there not a, being any p- apparent middle ground is North Korea. Right, we, the, all this news recently about well, I, I think as we're, we're speaking, uh, Kim Jong Un is sitting down with uh, what's his name, Moon something or other. Moon and Un. It actually just ended. This uh, just uh, passed along my breaking news thing that the meeting, the sit down in South Korea, he actually, Un, or Kim Jong batshit, crossed the border, went to the meeting, and uh, he just uh, chugged back across the North Korean border. They met face to face in South Korea tonight. Just 
Yes, and, and Una's talking about, you know, disarmament, ending their nuclear program. Yep. It, these are pretty big things. This is like... It's huge, man. Right. And who knows? Ultimately, this guy is, is batshit crazy, like you say. He could be making some kind of play. It's like awesome ploy he for him could, to do some be, crazy shit. He could be totally full of shit, but you know, it, it's happening and it kind of makes sense the way it's happening, you know, because there's a lot of belief that his program is mostly bluster anyway. Right. That, that he's trying to get some leverage out of this on, on a hypothetical nuclear program that was never really up and running in the first place, mm-hmm. not effectively at least. But, you know, the, <laughs> Nobody wants to give Trump any credit for this. And look, it's both, right? A lot of people want to give Ronald Reagan credit for taking down the Berlin Wall. Well, you can't. It doesn't work that way. There was a lot of work that went up to that and a lot of people involved that weren't Reagan. But okay, fine. He was the president at the time. I have no problem giving him the credit for that. And what about Gorbachev? We should have the credit for that, didn't we? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> he was there. He's the one that you know brought the American products, American culture, perestroika, all that stuff. It was him. What Reagan? Mm-hmm. Well, that's isn't that just isn't it kind of the American way? The doctor saves your your son's life, and you shake yeah. his hand, and you go thank God. Yeah. The thing with um, I mean. The thing with the, the North Korea thing, and I think this goes a lot uh, to a lot a lot of uh, a lot of different the tentacles spread out as far as uh, different topics go in different situations. But nobody's giving nobody of a certain ideological persuasion on one side uh, of the uh, political spectrum is even giving it a possibility that maybe this is a good development, maybe that maybe this actually is uh, a positive, an authentically positive uh, occurrence. In, in the Koreas. But yeah. this may be a solution. It's always, you know, the, the cynicism takes over. The systemic cynicism. Oh, well, it's just a ploy. Oh, well, it's just a PR stunt. Is this, this, just this, this, this. You want to talk about uh, good timing here? Aaron was talking about, does Trump deserve credit for this? Literally, BBC popped up two minutes ago, an article. Trump does not deserve credit. It was actually the South Koreans who encouraged the dialogue. Hashtag BBC reality check. Right. Then they, mean, go, yes. then they go on. Then they go on to acquiesce and say this though, which I think this is this is the biggest cop out because this is this is the one that 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 W used to say all the time. It says claim Donald Trump and South Korean President Moon Jae-in agreed agree the U.S. president deserves credit for peace talks with North Korea. Verdict: Only the historical record will reveal what influenced these talks. Right. Well, way to back off of your point, bitches. Right, so we had we had a technical glitch there, and Todd got cut off. Um, it's a bunch of bullshit, and I refuse to go back to and relive that epic, glorious, <laughs> heavenly rant inspired by God above. You do not understand how I awesome. You, I had it set up perfectly, and I I brought it home like I'm so annoyed. <laughs> Fuck you. You, Fuck put you, it, you, you put it second deck. <laughs> I put that fucker on the roof. I hit that out of the old municipal stadium in Cleveland. Hold on, I have to ask this question. It was it have been dead center out of the polo grounds. I oh, have dead to ask, center? Are you kidding me? Yes, into a gale to, force wind. I have to ask this question: 
How long did you go on before you realized that no one was there? I went to completion. It's hard. Was that, like that was a good rant then. He <laughs> was masturbating into the wind, and I'm like, I'm sitting here waiting for somebody to say something. Like, God damn, I sucked the wind out of this motherfucker. Woo! <laughs> I had a, I had a bad feeling that was going to happen because it, no, it, it, it wasn't it, like the computer crashed or even Skype went down. Like it looked like everything was still going. We were still recording. Skype was up and running. It's just all yeah, audio me too. Cut out. Yeah, I looked over. I'm like, oh, the fucking thing's still going. Man. And I looked over at my phone, and I somebody had I, I heard my phone ding a couple of times during the rant, and it was an epic. Have I told you how good the rant? Anyway, I look over, and I'm hearing, oh, somebody wants to talk to me. I'll get to them after the podcast, or at least after my rant is done. And I look over, and you motherfucker, <laughs> we're working on it. No, I, Aaron's working on it. I would, I would. <laughs> ain't no we when it comes to that shit. I just get in the way. I put you two together. It doesn't matter. But yeah, I, yeah, I just cannot. It would be fruitless for me. To attempt to recreate that verbal and rhetorical masterpiece again, therefore I'm just going to let it go. Be like trying to paint a Picasso again. You know what I'm saying? Much like Ernie, much like Ernie Harwell's call of the shot heard around the world. We don't have a historical record of it. We know it. We know it happened, but we don't did have happen. a historical record. Right. And to try to recreate it would be sort of like trying to recreate the Sistine Chapel. Be dishonest. Bottom line. Huh? It would be dishonest trying to recreate it. Yeah, but rest assured, thousands and thousands of unregimented listeners, it was beautiful. Let's move on. Okay, yeah, but where were we? (laughs) We were talking about, uh, yeah, we were talking, basically the crux of the rant was that it doesn't matter what happens, that the the, the, uh, cynicism is so ingrained and systemic that depending upon what you believe and uh, your ideology, because we're so inundated with data and information and all that, that you're going to crutch on, or a lot of people, many people, most people will crutch on what they've already established as their beliefs, and they'll interpret the events in Korea through that filter. That's basically what we were talking about. It's also interesting that it, for as much as Trump has definitely had his detractors and people who kind of relish seeing him get into situations, that that was the that North Korea was like the one issue that they could pull out and be like, no, but this is still, this is really dangerous for America having Trump as president. Like that, him, him seeming to not know how to handle North Korea was used as an example of why this is just beyond buffoonery and deception or even possible collusion. This is dead serious yeah nuclear exchange can i ask you guys can i ask you guys a question yeah down that vein trump's been in office now what 15 months something like that how has the world or the country gotten worse in any way shape or fashion tangibly outside of the rhetoric and outside of the the abstract bullshittery how has the country devolved and yes, thrown it's... itself into the fucking gutter give me well, something tangible i want to hear know, that's a different that's a difficult question to answer i think it is i think yeah i do if because, there was something tangible I, that would be easy well i think it, it's fair for me to say that my that it hasn't directly affected my life at all there you go white privilege and yet there's I can't. There are people out there that this has clearly directly affected their lives. I don't know that it's any more than any previous president, but yeah, I mean, first, I guess if I was just to answer honestly from my own experiences, 
the true answer is it hasn't affected anything. The tangible part of his presidency is people reacting to the rhetoric. Right. I mean, That's the tangible part. It's, it's been people, business as usual. Otherwise, it's people believing they're what they it, just like just like we we. This is this is just America at this point. I don't know if it'll ever go back. It probably never will. Whatever. Where's Nero? Give him his fucking violin. I don't even care at this point. I'm so tired of talking about all this shit. It, people are gonna, like you say, people are gonna believe what they want to believe. If they want to believe Trump is is responsible for these talks, that's what they're gonna believe. If they don't want to believe Trump's responsible for these talks, that's what they're gonna believe. And there's probably yeah. a larger portion of the country that goes, I don't give a fuck as long as we're not chucking nukes at each other. That's all I give a fuck about. Yeah. Period. Either way, who gives a shit? Who's whose responsibility? This is a good thing. If they're having a face to face dialogue. And talking about getting rid of it and North Korean nuclear weapons. How is this a bad thing at all? Although I wonder, I have to wonder, good old cynical me has to wonder if the media would be painting St. Hillary. Or, yeah, or, or Obama. That she made this happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, That's the, a valid question. The, the great a, uniter, the great well, peacemaker. I look, see look nothing. What she though. did. She's only been in office for 15 months, and look what she did. Right. Ooh. I see nothing. Nothing. I mean, the economy's doing well. Jobs are doing well. We're selling oil, American oil, to Europe now. I saw that this week. I, that boggled my fucking mind. I, I see nothing of the doomsday that was supposed to strike once Inauguration Day hit last year. I nothing. I forgot who I heard. It was somebody in the last couple of weeks. It was on some podcast I listened to talking about, if you believe the news, uh, if, you, if you watch certain channels, you, you'd think the end of the world's coming this week. And you would. And it's been that way since Inauguration Day last year. If you watch MSNBC, and I know you're a fan of Rachel Maddow. Maddow. Uh, Aaron. I'm, yeah. I, I used to watch her religiously. I appreciated her articulation. I pre- appreciated the in-depth nature of her propaganda. I did. But if you watch that program or anything on MSNBC, you will come away feeling like the world is going to end on Thursday. Well, today's Thursday. Sunday. You will. It's, you, you'll come away with this feeling of anxiety and doom that, oh, my God, we have a madman. In the, like, we have Nero, Rich, in the White House. And what he's, about ready to tear, he's about ready to tear down the empire. What better way to motivate people into nonsense, bullshit, I have to do something for the sake of doing something action than with fear? No, that's it. Christianity has been doing it for 2,000 years. Jesus can come back at any moment. Better get yourself right with Jesus. He can right, be so, here at any so moment. Let's try to move past that for just a moment, just for the, the sake of trying to tether ourselves in reality. I'm asking, I, again, I, that was actually a pretty good answer, Rich, the, the tangible aspect of how the country, what's happened since Trump's come into office. The tangible negative effect would be how we're at each other's throats and how we're reacting to the rhetoric or how a certain portion of the country is reacting to the rhetoric or going at each other. Fine. Yeah. Give me something else. Give me something uh, uh, culturally, economically, politically Something tangible that has actually happened since he's come into office that's, that, that will sort of uh, back up this notion of doom and gloom and, and impending Armageddon. I, you know, I can't do that, and I can't even say this. <clears throat> I can't even say that a Trump presidency has enlightened us to the fact that these are human beings and they're going to do shit like fuck porn stars and, and, and you know people that aren't their wives when they get the chance. Because the next politician who gets in office... 
we're going to go right back to the puritanical bullshit. I truly believe that. I be, for whatever reason, Trump gets a pass on that. So that's not even going to change. There, it, it, the point is, nothing really is affected. Now, if you want to talk about people outside of the U.S. affected, of course. Who? If we, if, if, well, I'm talking about with any president elected. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, you think when I, you think Iraq was like when Bush was, was no, installed by the, I thought you meant specifically with Trump. I thought there, that you meant there was some some people outside of the country that were being affected directly uh, by a Donald Trump American presidency. I mean, I can say this. The, the closest but, thing I can come to now that I really stop and think about it is the whole DACA thing. Yeah, that, that's have, the one thing I thought of, too. Yeah, they yeah. have they have actually shit people out who've been here for decades. Right. And been like, later, see ya. NPR did a story, you could have knocked me over with a feather because it was NPR, on the 50,000 Northern Ireland expats scattered through the country, most of them on the East Coast, who ICE is rounding up. Mm-hmm. And Northern people, Ireland. And these are people who are like, well, I, I was born here. My parents came here. And they just, they just stayed. We settled down in, in South Boston. I don't, I'm not, you're going to send me to Ireland? What, am I born with a map of that right. shit in my head? I don't know where the fuck I'm going. But it's only 50,000 versus all the refugees, so it's a story that tends to fall between the cracks. Right, and, well, and know, you could even, you could even argue against that, that like, you know, Trump hasn't, hasn't nearly even, uh, he hasn't been able to get his immigration... Uh, policy in into actual action for various reasons being tied up in courts or, or just tied up in scandal but um, there's a there's a way that that has seemed to have seeped into the culture as well I don't know if it is actually happening more or just hearing more about it because this is a, a, a popular topic but I read a lot more stories about people getting reported to ICE just in what would seem to be normal interactions, you know? Uh, some, you know, uh, maybe a Mexican couple sits down at a restaurant and the, and the, the waitress helping them is uh, suspicious and reports them. You know, I, I, can't, I can't think of a, an actual example, but I know that there's been plenty of stories of this happening. Where you know people are being reported in situations where you, you just wouldn't even normally think to do that unless why? Yeah, I'd like to see. I guess in response, I'd like to see the sourcing on that. The reports. I'd like to see who's uh, pub, you know publishing these things. Not. I'm not dismissing it out of hand, but I'd like to see if it was Salon or um, Huffington Post or something like that, just to check and see. Right, it's you know it's what I mean. Not, it's not hard science, you know. It, it, that's why I'm saying I don't know if we're if the, I'm seeing more of these stories because immigration is the topic at hand, right? Or or whether this is just shit that happens all the time, and now these right now it's actually a, get national attention. It's a sensationalized talking point at this point because of who's in who's right. in office. But yeah, I mean, even even that in and, of, in and of itself shows a compounding effect of this. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, there's real, there's cultural things that end up directly affecting people's lives in this country. Mm-hmm. And 
I think that's going to be the, the, the most damage that Trump could possibly do. Well, Trump's not doing it's, that damage. Let's, let's be clear about it. If, there, if there's cultural damage, it's the reaction to Trump. One way I, or the other. Oh, that not, is, so you, you see I what I'm saying? I can blame him for adding to it. I'm not, well, I'm not holding him solely responsible. I'm not saying that Trump changed this country. I understand that he's a product of it. Mm-hmm. But well, you said blame Trump for it, didn't you? Yeah, I, there's still blame to be had. You can be blamed for it, not be solely responsible. Well, then you're, aren't you sort of deflecting the responsibility of the people who are reacting and creating that change in the culture? No. I, I mean, not by definition, no. There's plenty of blame to go around. I, the, devil, the devil made me do it. Well, I think, it, if I'm remembering correctly. Sorry, Aaron. It was it was worse it was worse no, no. the build up to the election especially with the uh what the Trump rallies where uh-huh. he would basically encourage you know oh look a protester anyone takes him out I'll pay your legal fees yeah that's yeah. true because yeah. when that shit started not that Antifa hadn't been around I mean they've been around since the fucking the 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 G was it G eight summits in ninety nine they were you know just they were faceless and nameless now all of a sudden they've because they're opposing Trump, certain people in the media feel like, okay, we can make these guys the good guys now. But that gave them, in their mind, oh, well, if they're going to attack us, then we can attack anybody that supports Trump. How dare they attack us for protesting Trump? So we're, if you're a Trump supporter, we're going to assume that you're violent, so we're going to attack you first. And that's where you had the bullshit with the, in Berkeley where they were shoving a garbage can back and forth with each other like they're doing anything. <laughs> I mean, that was just the perfect metaphor for where America's at right now. A bunch of fucking idiots dressed up as fucking half a fag superheroes pushing a garbage can back and forth. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I know for a fact, one of my buddies at work, the day after, I mean, it wasn't even 12 hours after the, the, he, he gave his, his, you know, his speech and was nominated and everything. He was posted on Facebook like, you know, oh, all my straight friends that voted for Trump, thanks, because now I'm going to be locked up in gay concentration FEMA camps and, 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 and all my friends that are gay and, and, and bisexual and, and different and non-whatever, they walk down the streets and they can be attacked at any moment. And all my non-white friends are now, you know, basically targets in this country because of Trump. And I asked him like a week ago, I said, you still feel that way? And he goes, no. And I was like, why you say it like that? He goes, because I was over, I was overreacting. I was like, of course you yeah. fucking were. Duh. Did this shit happen with Bush? Did this shit happen? Oh, they're going to put us in FEMA camps because of fucking Katrina. Oh, shit. Nothing. Obama. Oh, oh man. He's going to come for your guns. Everybody death, still got their guns. Death panels. Death panels. Oh, death shit. Panels. Forgot yeah. about that. All that good shit. And then, and then half the shit the Republicans said was going to happen under Obama, such as single payer health care, you know, uh, uh, increased welfare benefits and all this shit never came to happen anyways. He just set it up to insurance companies can get fucking paid. And it's a law that you got to give them your fucking money now. That's all he did. He put a tax on you to exist in this country. How does that how is that a, a progressive liberal idea? To fucking basically go and tongue fuck the insurance company's shitty asshole and hand them money for the fucking for the privilege of it, but that's what he did. So it's all it's it, it's just it's 
It's fear mongering, man. It's fear mongering. And, and he deported the most people more than any other president. Then, but yeah. yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. That you know that was one of the things that was shocking about Bush is that he actually had a decent amount of support with the the Mexican population in Isn't his Bush, home state. the one who started DACA. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I you think know. he was. Wasn't DACA? I mean, was that Obama or Bush? I think that was Bush. That was Bush. And then, and then Bush re, or Obama re. Uh, yeah. Rebranded it, the Dreamers, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, honestly, that's that's one of the things I was trying to say the night we did the live broadcast because once it became pretty fucking clear, unless a miracle happened, an act of Zeus or whoever, he was going to be elected. Like the air was sucked out of the podcast, and I was like sitting. I was trying to be the beacon of hope. That's how you know that the air was sucked out of the podcast. I was like, guys, does our lives really change by who's elected? Really? I don't think so. A lot of people the most were afraid. Part, of, a lot of people were afraid it would. You know, I, I think maybe the one the one tangible thing that um, and it's really a stretch, I think, to call it tangible is the effect on belief in the system and belief in the institutions and that was eroding long i mean it, it was eroding long before the election and i think that's largely a reason he was elected is people just gave up on their government said yeah let's try this motherfucker can't be any worse than that uh but he's an embarrassment you know as, as a representative as a symbol figure as a face of the country he is an embarrassment yeah every, yeah. T- every time i like see him on tv some news whatever I, I still, like a year and a half later, think to myself, like, they're going to fucking teach the little kids that he was one yeah. of the fucking presidents. He's, he's going to be on, He's going to be shown in a textbook okay. on the same page with John F. Kennedy, with Reagan. Guy who had to fire Brett Michaels. FDR, Teddy Roosevelt, Lincoln. Yes. Jefferson, Washington, Donald He's going to fucking be Trump. there. We're, we're Mick Country. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the, I guess, I, I don't know. My life hasn't changed. Actually, it's improved. I got to say, it has, it has gotten better for both of us, both me and my girlfriend. And uh, beyond that, though, I really have, I've never been, even under Bush, Bush was a buffoon. He couldn't construct a proper sentence, but he was freaking Cicero compared to this guy. And I think that's the one thing that I just, oh, my God, I, I, I can't believe we elected him. I understand why we did it. The alternative wasn't really. You know, you're given a choice between the shrew and Donald Trump. But we essentially elected a game show host. The Celebrity Apprentice was a game show. Yeah, and I think that's the damage. I think that's the one tangible thing that I can think of that just... No faith. You have to remember that the, you know, our generation, Generation X, the millennials, we pretty much grew up on reality TV, at least to some extent, it was around in our teenage lives for us. It's been around in their lives, millennials, almost all their lives since they can like really remember. But I'm not a reality TV watcher, but I've seen that first season of Real World. Exactly. Everybody knows Puck. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've seen yeah. an episode of Cops. Right. Jesus. Even if you didn't Even want to, you've seen it. Even I know and, Puck and, is. It's disturbing. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's... So it's not really so far out of the north, especially when you have now celebrities who are famous for being famous. And Trump is like the king of that. 
you, I don't really think you'd have the Kardashians like you did if you didn't have someone who could brand himself like Donald Trump before they came along. Because yeah. it was even if they even if they just they took the, his core idea and they changed everything else about it. Like you didn't see Howard Hughes doing like game shows no, right? and shit. Uh, yeah, until the until <laughs> yeah. he was president and The Apprentice. Before he was famous for being a rich guy. That's all he was famous yeah. for being for. And yeah. Super rich guy. Right. He would just, he would fucking pop up in music videos. Yes. Like why? What does he do? I don't know. He's just fucking rich. Uh, he was, in, yeah, what was, what was, uh, Home Alone 2, where he's in New York and he just runs into Donald Trump? <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he was, he was, he, he was on wrestling. It was, yes. Howard was, Stern. He was an establishing shot for a movie like this takes place in New York. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. There's so, Donald. I mean, and, there's the Empire State Building. Yeah, it's just Statue of Liberty. And just like you, Todd, I, I'm like, I understand why he was elected, but it's like, oh, why? Yeah, why'd it have to be him? <sighs> really, really? I mean, I'm yeah. when you said embarrassed, that's pretty much that is exactly like if people go like I, I, I have friends who go, man, I fucking hate Donald Trump. I mean, talking between their teeth, hate, and I'm like, I'm so fucking embarrassed. He's our president. Like I, can, I don't even know if I can hate him because part of me thinks he's good. At, he's he's a good enough businessman to brand himself mm-hmm. and ride that bullshit wave to the White House. But he's not but, a really good businessman. He's just a good yeah, monster, is what he is. What he's, what a PR, he's a good of, PR guy. He's a good public relations steps guy. Of he knows grief. how to publicize himself. Wait, uh, we're in acceptance right now. It seems to be denial, there's a lot of anger, depression. <laughs> there's there's a lot of talk about. How, look, this is, this is our reality. And at least we're, we're learning to understand it. It's not about normalizing the concept of Donald Trump as president. It's right. about understanding. Right. How we got to this and understanding that Donald Trump represents a part of the country that we'd rather not think about. Let me, let me rather. Just pretend doesn't exist. That is, that's only that's a stereotype on my sitcom. That's not a real person, right? Let me add this though. I, I I'd like to take that back. I I wonder if we're getting to the point where you're right that we've moved through certain stages, and we're seeing because I was talking earlier about this little movement that I'm sort of sensing. None mm-hmm. of these people, or very few of these people, are diehard. They they don't stand for Trump for the most part. I don't see a lot of people that are having these conversations and making these proclamations that are saying, God, Donald Trump is awesome. What I'm seeing is a moving away from the alternative that really isn't an alternative in the, in the left. And I wonder if, if part of that self-examination that's uh, taking place that you were just talking about, like the acceptance and, and trying to figure out what, how we got here, I wonder if they're finally seeing that we got here because there was no viable alternative that was palpable or palatable for people who did not want to vote for donald trump but they just couldn't bring themselves to vote for this these people and they're moving away from that back toward the middle and trying to create a viable alternative to what's in the white house now yeah well if you look at if you look at hillary's post-election tour whatever you want to call it yeah she's constantly constant her book tour whatever she's constantly saying I didn't lose because I lost. 
I lost because of sexism. I didn't lose because I was because of me or racism. Yeah, it wasn't uh, anything about what people. If you pulled them, would talk about how I was. Uh, I couldn't be trusted. Yeah, was, I was, she does. I was not, considered too insider. You know, uh, greasy politician. I didn't lose because people just don't fucking like me. She can't deal with that. Right. She cannot deal with that. She cannot comprehend why no one, why why us unwashed masses wouldn't just fall at her feet and fawn over her, because look at all she sacrificed to get where she's at. Oh, and by the way, a little bit of it was because she wanted to serve the people. But most of it is because she's a power-hungry bitch, just like most of these motherfuckers are power-hungry cocksuckers. There's no big shock there. And there's, look, no one reaches the the office of president without being, having a very self, or or a very healthy self-esteem and ego. Pretty sure you can't be like, golly gee, I guess I'll do what you, you can't be fucking Barney Fife and reach the White House. You got to be Andy Griffin. You got to be at least a little cocksure about yourself. You got to have a, you got to have a level of healthy narcissism to be able to do that. Exactly. The job attracts those people. That's where people go. Politics corrupts people. No, politics attracts corrupted people. They were already corrupt when they got there. They know how to game the system. They just have to learn the rules of this particular game. That's all it is. So I don't fault her for that. I fault her for refusing to deal with reality of, bitch, you are Makembe Matumbo, and we threw an ollie oop to you, and you couldn't put it through the hoop. You incompetent slut. Go away. Shut up. Stop talking. Fuck you. I don't. If you were on my team, I'd want you traded. <laughs> and she can't understand that because, no, no, it's, it's everything else. Bullshit. And the fact that he's in... Would send. I would. I'm going to. I'm going to say would send most of us into like a what the fuck kind of person am I if I lost to Donald Trump? Yeah. I would hope we're all self aware enough to start asking that question of ourselves. To really look in the mirror and go, what the fuck? What did I do? Yeah. Yeah. Lost to that guy. You know, the flip side of that. The the flip side of that too could be that maybe it's not so much about her. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just sort of throwing this out here as a possibility. But the I didn't lose because of me. It was because of the patriarchy and sexism and blah, 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 blah. That could be sort of a reinforcing sort of milk bone to throw at the base to say and to let them know or to encourage them to think uh, that the ideology didn't fail. You see what I mean? Because they've got these divisive you know, the, the divisive uh, identity politics thing. They maybe they don't want people to question that, so they reinforced it. Rather, she reinforced it, I should say, rather than encouraging people to take a, an examining look in the ideological mirror. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. It may not. Maybe it's not all about her. Maybe it's sort of uh, a pat on the head to the ideologues. Well, I mean, I can tell you just from listening to when when the night of the election, I still had the X, my XM radio package in my car. Right, And a couple hours after we finished the show, I went to go run to the store and grab some stuff. And I'm listening to their version. I think it was like Freedom Freedom Radio or something. The left-wing version of Fox News on, on Sirius. Yep. And they had a guy, and it was a call-in show. And it was like, you know, what happened? How did this happen? And people were just calling in. I mean, like, it literally it sounded like they sounded like Cubs fans before 2016. This group therapy. And they were just like... It, we 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 bought too much into identity politics. We forgot about you know everybody in Middle America. 
That's what Bill did, right? Bill made Bill made even even right. the, the working class whites and feel just as comfortable as he did the black people in Harlem and the the, the Cubans in, in Miami. And we didn't do that. We started isolating ourselves off from from huge swatches of the country. And and this host is going, yeah, 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 yeah. Not even forty eight hours later, I'm driving around, and the same show, and it's this is the fault of white women. Right and what and on a un, uncollege educated white women and white men. Yeah, yeah this is their fault. fault. This isn't anything about her. This this was part of the uh, the talking points reinforcement package. They sent her out to do it. You can't have that kind of introspection. You can't have that in a religion. You can't have the religion questioning the scripture. You have to go out and you have to reinforce it. You have to beat the the commandments back into the uh, unfaithful skulls. Well, it sucked because for for right. a split second, it gave me that that sliver of hope. That's funny because I was thinking about uh, the the centrist, the modern day centrist, right? The the person who it seems like they are looking for a religion, you know. And we've seen these stories before. Man looks for religion, and and he he always thinks he finds this like pure thing in it, and always ends up finding the corruption. Right. And and this this modern centrist man looked at, at Trump and went, well, what's going on here? Is you know, maybe change is good and then looked at all his fans ch- chanting lock her up, lock her up right. and and then he goes, "No, these people are crazy. That's <laughs> not for me, right?" Right. Now post Trump, does he look to the left again? Yes. And see what? Chance uh, ch- People chanting, lock him up, lock yeah. him up. Yes, that's exactly oh. right. It's what happened to me. Oh, these people are crazy. Yes, crazy. <laughs> where, where is my religion? I'm yet to find it. So you, you know what you do? You seek out Richard Dawkins and right. you excommunicate yourself from a mall. You start to see the fallacy and the bullshit. You start doing what Rich right. likes to do with, with literal religion. You start dismantling it. And I think that, again, I'll take it back to what I said earlier, that that is this this sort of, I don't know if it's a gush or a rush or whatever it is, but a slow sort of oozing towards the middle that I'm seeing. I think a lot of people are going through this. I think, I think this last 15 months has created what I have come to call ideological heretics. Because I was at work and I pissed off a pro-birth, a pro-life person, and a person who claims to be a libertarian. All on one subject. And it was abortion. <laughs> and the reason well, I yeah. pissed them off is because I, why I was, okay, first of all, I'm pro-choice. So I pissed off the pro-birth person, got him taken care of. But then I wasn't pro-choice for the reason the feminist I was talking to wanted me to be pro-choice. So that pissed her off. And then the libertarian jumped in and said, well, that sounds very libertarian. I said, you need to shut up because you worship at the altar of this free market that's never, ever once, ever fucking, there's one example in history that it's fucking worked on a mass scale. You're just as bad as the socialist you point the finger and wagging their face at. So you need to be quiet. And everybody was pissed off at me, and I loved it. Because I was like, go home and think about yourselves. But I know they won't. They won't. Because we've gone over this before. It's not fun to pick yourself apart and put no. yourself to, to the standards that you think that you hold other people to. It's not, even, it's, not even, it's not even about getting that far. It's if you, if you even start to dismantle the religion. And start to question the religion subconsciously right. on another level. You're beginning that process whether you want to or not. You feel that. You know what I mean? So you can't even question the doctrine without questioning yourself. So and, you can't. And, go ahead. Sorry. Well, it was just it, you said Dawkins and it made me think of Hitchens. You're right. Same thing. 
I always loved Hitchens because Hitchens Sam just came Harris. out there and, and yeah. laid it out like he sees it. And he yeah. didn't care if he pissed the crowd off. Yeah. It did not matter one bit to him. No. And when presented with new evidence, he would change his mind. He was yeah. so fucking con- Did you ever see him get waterboarded? No. It was hilarious. He was so convinced waterboarding wasn't torture. He goes, I will allow myself to <laughs> be waterboarded. It's the best. <laughs> they, they put him on the board. They, t- they tilted his head down. They put the rag over his head, and they said, okay, now what you do is we're going to give you something. You let go of it when you can't take it anymore. They poured that water on him for literally half a second, and he was letting go of that shit. He got up and was like, that's torture. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, so- I'm sorry. That's torture. I was wrong. And to people who respect someone who will take new facts and and data and assimilate it and change their their viewpoint based on these facts and this data they respected him to to the people who hated him and there was lots on the right and lots on the left he's a flip-flopper he's right. a pussy yeah. he's a right. spineless jellyfish look at this right. fucking fag he won't even fucking take a side yeah but if you want to organize people if you want to get a movement going introspection is your enemy right if you oh, yeah you just need people to fall in line yep and here quite i mean especially if, if we want to continue with the uh religious analogs that there's no that you should consider your own actions and then ask god for forgiveness right that's the ultimate judge of it that's ultimately you're, you're giving up part of that responsibility you don't religion religion doesn't want you to be introspective because you're going to eventually realize that they're feeding you a bunch of bullshit. Well, it also doesn't welcome questioning. Yeah. Right. Well, there's no proof. There's no proof that can be provided. And if you start asking questions, eventually you're going to say, prove it. And when you, and and that's, that's one of the things I say when I, when I look at people and they go, I'm an atheist and I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. And we start talking about, you know, political beliefs. And I'm like, you realize you're talking about your political beliefs, just like a Christian talks about, their religious beliefs. They're like, yeah, but you know, mine are based on facts. And I'm like, really? Are all of them based on facts? Because I can point you in a direction that's going to blow your mind and prove that half of what you just spewed was bullshit. You're still taking it on faith. Have you done any of the legwork yourself? If someone told me that two doors over in the backyard of our neighbor, there was a fucking tree that was growing money. You best believe my fat ass to get up and waddle over two doors over into the neighbor's yard and be like, you got a tree growing money over here? You won't miss a couple of these leaves. Rent is paid. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you kidding me? But, they, oh, really? That's nice. Great. Wonderful. What, what proof have you been given? Well, I read it in, in Huffington Post or I read it in Breitbart and look at your sources. It's, it's not hard, folks. It's real easy. It just takes a little bit of effort. And I get that if you, you know what, if you don't want to fucking dip your fucking toes into this pool, then stay the fuck out of the way of people that do. Stop gumming stay. up the works. Stay, stay you in know? your lane. Mm-hmm. Like the Marine Corps, you know, Corps used to, used to, used to tell everybody, lead, follow, or get the fuck out of the way. Well, all right. I will take exception with only one thing you just said. It's not easy. Uh, because, Cutting through, again, I'll go back to what I was talking about last week, cutting through the bullshit and figuring out what's bullshit, what's actual fact, what's fiction, what's propaganda, what's disinformation, however you want to look at it, whatever name you want to give it. Cutting through that to get to the raw data, the raw truth, reality in in this day and age is excruciatingly time-consuming and difficult. 
if you're guess, actually trying to get to the truth. That, I, okay, you're absolutely right. I should. What I meant was, it's not like you have to go to the library and look up books on microfilm and know the, know the Dewey Decimal System. Right, right, right. Technologically, it's easy. Yes, it's that's easy what I meant to get that's access. What I meant. It's easy to get access to data and information. Now, yeah. sorting, sifting through it, and figuring out what's bullshit and what ain't. Uh, Ain't, ain't well, easy. That's, that's <laughs> always that's always been a pretty well, big hill to climb. I, I think you got to you have to start with the idea that you're never going to know. You're never going to know 100 percent unless you're the the person investigating the story. You're it's always going to be secondhand, right? It's filtered in some way. You can get as close to the truth as you can imagine, but you're never going to know 100%. Well, that's the problem. People do understand that, I think, and that leads people to give up. I think people do completely understand that. So they just say, fuck it. I like these guys. They like me. They like white people. I guess I'm a Trump person. Or I want to feel good about myself because I want to say that I, I appreciate diversity and equality. So I'm a Democrat. They can't, you can't, if you can't get to the truth, then you've got to cling on, cling to something. And rich... This is religion. This is the benefit of religion. This is why it hasn't gone away and it's not going to go away because people can't get to the truth of their existence. They have to have something to answer the questions to, sh- to ease their mind and let them get on with their lives. They can't accept, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, I know, and I live in a world I don't know, so that's my problem. Everybody else is saying I'm the crazy one. That's how I know that I'm crazy, but I accept <laughs> I, it. No, no, that, and that's, no, that's the thing. Chris, you nailed it. Nobody can sit there and say in this day and age and to themselves or anybody else without fear of embarrassment or shame, I don't know. You can't sit there and say to a uh, green tea bagger, I don't know if Trump colluded. Oh my God, haven't you read anything on Huffington Post this week? And you can't see, same thing, you can't say it to a Republican, a Trump adherent. Oh, you've been listening to the fake news, lamestream media again, ain't you? You can't. You can't do that. You cannot safely say in this day and age, I don't no, know. It's it's difficult because it, it's been it's been vilified just in our everyday life, in our interactions. You know, I have to be conscious at work sometimes and say actively instead of saying, uh, you know, having some excuse for why I don't know this or that. I don't have this prepared. I just have to straight up say, I don't know. I need to be told nope. i need to be taught at this point at, at that point it's, though you got to be real careful because there's going to be all sorts of people who want to fill that vacuum and you're going to be nailed you're going to be flooded with the stores of disinformation material that they put together if you say i don't know oh well let me tell you oh my god i, I that that right. that to me i just sort of like i I'd, I'd almost rather just like shrug my shoulders and walk away than have to endure the deluge of dis- disinformation that people will want to fill this i don't know vacuum with yeah. that's another problem with it people are always eager to propagandize you if you admit anything and any sort of i don't know um insecurity as far as your knowledge goes you know todd i'm, I, I'm sitting here i'm turning over what you said in my head what you said a few minutes ago in my head about how that's how people reach religion because they're afraid of I don't know. Yeah. I guess my version of that, or or maybe maybe it might be you guys' version of it too. I don't know. See, see how hard was that? Um, I swear that it wasn't. Well, let me tell that. you. Let me tell you but, what I do. Sorry, but I, I my version of it is I just don't care anymore. All this talking gets us nowhere. All this, all the protesting gets us nowhere. All the voting gets us nowhere. 
we still end up with two parties who are, I mean, just it's just the most surface different, but really they only care about getting more wealthy and getting their donors more wealthy so they get bigger donations. And so I just go, you know what, fuck it, and let the nihilism creep up my asshole and welcome oblivion. Because I just don't know what else to do. Yeah, but uh, I sympathize with your rich. But I know that you do care. You do. Yeah, you do. I don't want to. <laughs> you don't care. You can't help it. No, yeah. I mean, it, we you'd, all do. You'd be completely checked out. We wouldn't Every... even be having discussions like this with you if you, if you honestly exactly. did not care. I understand your frustration. <coughs> Guys, I got to go. I'm sick. I can't do the show tonight. <laughs> like, you're in the next room. You were fine five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Anger, and, you know, no, no, we'd you be doing I, a podcast about television or something. Right. You and I suffer you know, from the same the Walking anger. Dead. The same anger problem, Rich. You and I do. We both have that trait in us. We both sort of express it in very similar ways. And it's not because we don't care. Apathy is a symptom of not caring. Anger and frustration, borderline rage, sometimes is not a symptom of someone who doesn't care. It's, no, a, it's usually right. a symptom of someone who cares very deeply about something and is frustrated. <laughs> I used to say this when I when I reach the point in a relationship where I say I don't care, it means I'm out of ideas at the moment. I don't know right. what else to try. I've tried everything I could think of. Leave me alone. Let me decide if I even want to be in this relationship anymore, and I, I'll come back with some new ideas if I do. If not, right. lose thirty pounds, get your fucking real estate license, and go start fucking someone behind my back because that's how every relationship ends for me. So, but no, I I. I I have no interest in real estate, so I'm not going to be. <laughs> <laughs> and if you if you lose 30 pounds, you're going to look like you come out of Auschwitz. Jesus, you're a skinny guy to begin with. I'll still have but, the bulge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everyone in Auschwitz' dick looked huge compared to the rest of the twig bodies on them. So, yeah, that's that's the one silver lining in anything, guys. It's one it's benefit good. of forced labor. Your dick looks huge. Yeah, you're shooting dust out of it, and you don't have the energy to use it, but it looks <laughs> big in the shower. I tell I'm you, I've nothing but skin and bones over here. <laughs> I've been thinking about putting as together. Big as ever. I've been put, thinking about putting together a new demo reel, and uh, that's the one thing about forced labor, your dick looks huge, is going to lead it off. <laughs> that's my new air check. One thing about Auschwitz, their cocks look large. They Should didn't have an obesity all. problem. <laughs> give me all the prime jobs. Yeah. Would you like to do mornings on an oldie station? <laughs> in West Bloomfield? Yeah. <laughs> Auschwitz in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. Uh, but, uh, all right. So, so because yeah. I, really I really wanted to get to this because, Todd, you called it. The, 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 the Todd or whatever. Todd yes. 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 Okay. Thank you. Thank you, you called it. Uh, who's that beast at Fresno State? I can't remember her name. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, the, 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 the woman who was hoping that Barbara Bush would rot in hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, when that when that came out, you know, Todd brought up a good point. He's like, she's a she's an employee of a public university. She has tenure. Technically, there could be First Amendment issues if they fire her for something she said because it is a public university. Right. So they decided to say, we're not going to, we're, we're doing nothing. We're just doing nothing. Whatever. Nothing's going to happen to her one way or the other. My problem with that is, is that a couple days after we recorded the show, there is a video, an audio interview of her calling for people to, quote, chuck grenades into Richard Spencer's house what? to buy guns. 
and commit acts of violence against people who she considers, basically white males who she considers the enemy. Now, isn't that calling, like, isn't that it's inciting, what, it's inciting violence or a riot. Isn't that exactly what the left has been saying, that those these these dozens and dozens of Nazis that, that are all over the, the, the country all of yeah. a sudden? Richard Spencer. That, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. not covered under the First Amendment. Ding no. fucking ding. And no one will hardly report on it. And so if that's the case, that's not only are we now allowed to hate shit again, but we're allowed to call for violence against people we don't like. Until violence I, actually see, starts happening, yeah. This was on a podcast that she was... Uh, this was, was uh, this was a YouTube video. It was a... Oh, it was a YouTube. It was her, the interviewer, and like in an auditorium. And she said a bunch of crazy shit. She come off as very manic like she was in a manic state she was like i hate white male patriarchy and i hate white males but then i end up with a white guy's dick in my mouth oh. it's crazy i don't so was know this somebody's cell phone video from the audience that recorded this or was this no. a recorded event no this was this was this was this was a clear recording okay and i mean i'm like okay and 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 through her tirade she said why are we not right now she's like i'm crazy i don't give a fuck i go buy guns but i'm on the left i don't care i mean she was it was if you've ever seen someone in the middle of a manic episode it's what she reminded me of which made me kind of feel bad for against my like against my like i didn't want to i don't know but you know honestly and i'm 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 not mistrustful of what you're you're telling me I, i i i do trust your assessment but you were wondering whether, if she was saying it in a joking this, manner. Whether this is the this falls under free speech or not is such a thin line that you really have to parse every word. Like I'd want to, I, I gotta, I gotta actually watch this if I'm going to form an opinion as to whether this is protected speech or not. My question is, you know, saying well, buying no, guns, stockpiling guns, having weapons, any of this talk about weapons, all that's covered. Yeah, you say somebody should lob a grenade into Richard Spencer's backyard, then you're not. Exactly. Right, See, right? This is, and it, my point is, if this was Milo, Gavin McInnes, mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the well-known right, right-wing trolls, which I consider basically her mirror image, if they'd have said, why aren't we lobbing grenades into Rachel Maddow's house? Oh, this would be something we almost led the podcast off with. This would right. be something to be all over the news. This is this is the problem. No, no consistency, and that's that's one of the things I, I'm, I'm coming to understand. That's what I want. Give me consistency across the board. Well, you can't have well, it. You can't have uh, it because you're not you're not <laughs> functioning. You're not dealing with people who have a common set of facts and a common basis in reality. Yeah, and. You know, I'm with you on the consistency thing. I think sometimes we take it too far, though, right? There's there is a middle ground between consistency and being pliable to new information, right? Yeah, and yeah. You can, uh, yeah. well, yeah. You know, uh, Pendulette talks a lot about this on his podcast about hypocrisy. How uh, he doesn't he feels like that that is the ultimate evil these days is to be a hypocrite and the idea that you know oh there's a, a, a conservative politician who's you know backing this uh, this anti-gay legislation or whatnot or is very outspoken about about being anti-homosexuals and then turns out to be gay right 
Well, that's the worst. He's a, he, oh, what a hypocrite. What a horrible, evil person. And he's, his point of view is that you should be applauding that person, right? This is somebody who, look, he used to hate gays and now he fucks gays. Like, that's progress, <laughs> right? There's, there's <laughs> a couple the, ways. Definitely pro-gay now. Listen, and he self-professes being a a hypocrite. He's constantly contradicting himself. Yeah, I mean, again, there's a middle ground, but there's there's a difference here. With as far as that goes, let let me let me attack that specific example because if it's a politician who's preaching anti-gay rhetoric and he's a Republican, a conservative in a very conservative district, yet gets caught having sex with a man, it could be the Alex Jones thing. He's giving people the product with the rhetoric that the people want. He may not believe it. Doesn't mean you're a hypocrite. It means you're you're engaging in political rhetoric to win an election. Right. 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 You see what I mean? Yeah, but when you get outside the realm of politics and you get into people who are trying to influence politicians and preaching at people, and I'm thinking of Ted Haggard specifically, and specifically having such an issue with the gay community, and it turns out he's smoking meth and sucking dick. Right. That's an issue. Well, but Haggard was also he was also in the business of making money. The 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 uh, what, what was that thing he was involved with? I can't remember the name of the uh, the church or whatever it was in Colorado Springs or something, right? It's one of those mega churches that yeah, had some right. Sort so, of crusade right. so to fight. Yeah, he's in the business of making money. Anti-gay. Oh, it was gay. Con- it was gay conversion. Gay, well, there you go. It was pray the gay way. Right, but that makes money, right? That rhetoric makes money. It gets people to come to church. It gets people to put money into the little thing that they pass around. Oh, Jesus needs cash. Can't handle money here. You know, it's the same thing. It's it's believing that every politician is just driven by their own personal beliefs. Right. Which is bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's complete bullshit. People are pretty unsophisticated when it comes to that. They really think that every time that somebody gets up and gives a speech, that they actually believe the stuff that's coming out of their mouths and they're not just pandering some propaganda to further the agenda or further the party or further the uh, the power mechanisms, pull the lever of power a little bit further towards them. See, maybe I drink, <clears throat> right. maybe I drink the, the progressive Kool-Aid a little too deep on this subject because I tend to agree with them that, especially if you're not a politician, if you're up there preaching anti-gay shit constantly, you're constantly talking about about you know homosexual sex and lifestyle. I'm friends with gay guys that don't talk about it as much as that, bro. Right. You're trying to hide something, or you're pandering. This is, <laughs> if that's how some hellacious pandering to it works. Yeah, but but there's a difference between if they get up there and say that shit. And they pull a Jimmy Swagger and go fuck a bunch of hookers. And there's a difference there? between saying that shit and going to the Why? rest stop. Why and does having that make fucking, it worse than having, uh, fucking, uh, what's his name? Because uh, Jimmy. Santorum. Because Jimmy Swagger's hypocrisy was, he, I, I'm, I'm 100% sure I heard at some point Jimmy Swagger speak about gay people in a very negative light. But to be honest with you, from what I remember my grandmother and my great-grandmother watching him, it was more of like moral issues, moral failings, and how the countries. So that's where his he was he was failing morally. So he went out and preached that no, no, it's it's everybody, right? It's all of us. Right. We're all horrible. Yeah, and then when just, he got caught, he that's why he cried in front of his congregation. And believe me, that crying and I sinned against you wasn't just directed at God; it was also directed at. His congregation, please don't stop sending the money. Exactly. Right, right, right. Exactly. I don't. You I don't. Gotta, I you got to remember also, real quick. This is. 
don't know if a lot of people know this. This is fascinating to me about Jimmy Swaggart. His cousins are Mickey Gilly and Jerry Lee Lewis. He come up learning how to be a performer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doubtful. yeah that no, that's, sense. that's actually a, that's a very, very uh, applicable point. And I, I don't, I wouldn't classify any of this as hypocrisy. I would classify it as having your stage persona stripped naked. That's where I, that's where I put it. I mean, hypocrisy would be yeah. like if you and I are sitting at a Denny's and I'm moralizing to you about how you shouldn't drink because it's bad for you and bad things are going to happen. And then next weekend I get pulled over with, you know, drinking and driving. That's hypocrisy. Or, or in the same breath, like popping a bunch of pills. Well, that's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or sitting there with a beer in my hand telling you you shouldn't drink. That's hypocrisy. Or, or as my dad did to me when he found out I smoked, puffing on a cigarette, looked me dead in the face and go, you know, that's a bad habit you picked up. <sighs> and I'm like, yeah, just like you, huh, dad? Really? Yeah. That could be also classified as sarcasm. <laughs> I wasn't there. <laughs> I just, I'm thinking in the context, that's what I would do. If I, my nephew was smoking and I was sitting here smoking, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's a bad habit. <laughs> I, I, I love my dad with all my heart. I don't know if my dad was capable of that level of sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Fair <laughs> enough. to say it. Yeah, I think people are really, I think people are, are so unsophisticated and so taken in by the, the performance art that is uh, politics, media, religion, all that, right? That they they fail to realize that they're being given a performance on a daily basis. They, they we people get so hypnotized by the performance, right? Mm-hmm. We know just those, the same way that we know that every politician has a, a speechwriter or two that is making sure that all the talking points are in their message. We still want to believe that. Those are their personal convictions that they are putting out there. The same way that we can watch a television show. We know that there's writers and, and all these people behind the scenes that make all this shit happen. But God damn it, you know, fucking, uh, on, damn it, I can't even think of like a TV doctor. What's that? Marcus, what's, Marcus Welby, MD. Marcus Welby, MD, is a damn good doctor. The old man like pulls I, something out yeah. from the seventies. If I if I was on a plane and somebody had a heart attack, I'm grabbing that guy if he's I on want there. Marcus, yeah, exactly. You know, it, it is another thing when you're watching. Just to take it a step further, if you're watching like reality TV shows and you're watching something like Lost or I don't know, pick one, whatever, and you're sitting here watching this, you don't even take into account that there is a te- there is a video camera and sound boom equipment and producers and all of this other shit out of the the uh, out of the shot out of the the frame you don't understand you you completely block out that there, this is a manufactured production you think that this is like a little tiny microscopic drone floating in the sky oh, in front of these people and this is actually happening spontaneously without a script right. and without coaching <laughs> because what's the, the matter with you <laughs> it should i mean these are things that take you out of the narrative and you shouldn't be paying attention to that, but you shouldn't also be walking away thinking that that was reality that you saw. That should yeah, always, it doesn't have to be a primary thought in your head, but it should always be a subconscious thought in your head. There's a whole production understand here. It. Yes. Yeah. Right. I can't remember what show it was. I think it was Who Wants, no, it wasn't one of those game shows. It might have been Joe Millionaire, but... When they would run the credits, I think Drew and Mike pointed this out because they were obsessed with that show and talking about it when it first aired. But when they ran the credits, they were watching it and they said, hold on a sec, pause it. Writers, 
<laughs> what do you need writers yes. in reality TV? Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, they don't even hide it. Not anymore. No. They don't have to. This they is WWE for people who think wrestling is too beneath them. That is a really, really good way to look at this. That's a very good metaphor and analogy to make. And to it's me, beautiful. it's like, at least, at least WWE goes, hey, guys, it's, it's really all fake. You have to look at everything as though it's the WWE or WWF. Did, did Hulk Hogan really spontaneously body slam Andre the Giant without yeah, Andre knowing it was coming? Yeah, yeah. and on top of that, uh, when I, could Hulk Hogan have body slammed Andre the Giant if Andre the Giant said, you're not body slamming me? Right. He helped him. <laughs> right. he, there, yes. was, there was a little bit of... Andre might not have had good ups, but he helped him. There was a little bit of lift off when he started... Okay, one. Okay, brother. One, two, three. Oh, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you take that context, if you take that attitude and that, you have that picture in your mind, whatever you hit the on button on your remote control, wherever you're at on television, unless you're watching maybe a Tiger game, something like that, if you take that and have that image in your head and that, that concept in your head, you'll probably see things a whole hell of a lot differently as you're watching. Politics, well, even, for sure. Even yeah. if you take it out of the realm of politics <laughs> and reality TV and wrestling and all that shit, look at it. There are whole genres of porn. That try to uh, play it off. Like, don't you oh, ruin my is... porn? No, you don't. No, fuck you, Rich. You're not ruining my porn for me. Hang up on Wait, him. Hang she up on really... him. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, no. She really wants me to watch. She's looking at me. God damn it. But no, it's, I don't I'm know what POV like, means. Like this is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, it's like, you know, this is like, oh, yeah, this is a, a true amateur. She's right. never done this before. Meanwhile, I go, <laughs> what's I go in the comments. What's her name? Cut. Paste Pornhub 400 videos. Yeah, this is an amateur, right. all right. right. She exactly. has her own entrance on IMDb <laughs> as a exactly. porn star. Yes, oh, yeah. this is Lizzie's this is an amateur. first time anal, and then she's like writing it. <laughs> but there's, I mean, <laughs> she's got a flock. Of, she's got a flock of sparrows flying out that asshole. Come on. <laughs> I mean, there's. It's like, but there's also this search for genuine reactions in porn. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like the, whether it be rough shit or BDSM or whatever. And I kind of think that that's where the, I, I'm guessing that's where the attraction comes from. I, I, I can't get into BDSM because I think all the dress up stuff makes me feel like it. I'm like, okay, first of all, me in leather, that many cows should <laughs> never have to die for just for me to, 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 to get off. I mean, if it was like a matter of staying warm or dying, there's some dead, there's a field of dead cows somewhere. But just for me to get to jerk off, no, I don't need it. You know right. what I'm saying? Just to get a nut. Right. But I think that's what they're looking for. They're looking for genuine reaction. Because when you take, I've, I've, I've had some chicks that were into this shit, and I mean, I've, I've been like, and well, okay, porn or I, I, no, I'm talking like they're into it in real life. Like they got the cat of nine tails, they got the fucking paddles the and shit, okay. and they're like, and I'm like, all right, I'll let you try it. Whack! And I'm like, bitch, you hit me like that again, I'm going to knock your teeth out. <laughs> that shit ain't no joke. I mean, like, my safe word is, bitch, you're going to fucking have a wired jaw. That's, that's my safe word. Stop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that's how much we, even if it's just a subconscious level, I think we as a society realize we are just wallowing in bullshit and and 
Yeah. Nothing genuine. And the problem is when you find someone who, who wants, not a truth seeker, not someone who's came to a conclusion and is looking for things to prove their conclusion right. Someone who just wants honesty. Authenticity. Authenticity. Thank you. Because apparently my vocabulary stayed in the third grade. I, I, it's frustrating. The only reason I threw authenticity out there is that I've used, I've overused that word for 15 years. And that's what I want. That's exactly what I want. Authenticity. I don't want to be lied to. I don't want people putting on a show for me. I don't like people that pretend to give a shit about something when all they're really doing is putting up, putting on a mask. Absolutely. That's one of the reasons, and I know it's going to sound like a joke, and I guess it kind of is. That's one of the reasons I hate most of the white people I hate. White people, we love passive aggressiveness, and I hate that shit. Just say what the fuck you mean, mean what you say, mm-hmm. and let's get it over with. If we got to go outside and get some gangster shit, let's get some gangster shit. We're all guys. We'll be fine in five, ten minutes. I have less of a problem with somebody who will look me in the face and say they hate me than someone who will pretend to like me, and then I have to hear from somebody else that they're bad-mouthing me. Exactly. I can I can respect somebody who will just say, I don't like you, Todd. I'm not a likable person sometimes. I get that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I understand that. I'm not for everybody. That's fine. But I cannot stand the inauthenticity of someone who will sit there, smile to my face, pretend they're my buddy, or try to pretend they're my buddy, and then go off and let me find out from somewhere else. That's the, that's the person I'll want to punch in the nose. So let me ask you a question. As one, from one person who's like that to another, do you find that that holds you back in some things in life? Absolutely. It's self-destructive as fuck. Thank you. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you will too. Oh, no. I'm already there. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> it's, uh, but it's, thank, thank you for calling uh, uh, generic pizza place delivery or pickup. Do you think I really want to be saying that at 41 years old? No, but I can go to work and look at my boss and go, yeah. when he bullshits this, me, go, you're a fucking asshole. This is something that you, you've actually opened up a can here. And uh, I, it's something I've been struggling. You notice there hasn't been a podcast in the last month? Yeah. Uh, I'm struggling with that right now because I have got to figure out at some point that quest for and need to be authentic slash authenticity is self-destructive because that's not the world we live in. People are emotional critters. You have got to deal with emotion. You have got to deal with people on an emotional level. If you don't, it's, it almost, it, you know what it turns into? Yeah, I love, you know, the old Dave Chappelle show. It's the second time I've mentioned it. When keeping it real goes wrong. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> Wu-Tang! <laughs> yeah, that is my absolute favorite. There's a lot, you, it, it's, a great, it's a great bit, but there's a ton of wisdom in that. Yeah. If you, if you look for it. Because at some point, you've got to decide if you want to succeed, you want to be happy, you want your life to have some sort of sense of purpose and meaning beyond ranting and raving, beyond using truth and authenticity as a weapon to lash out at what you perceive as inadequacy throughout the human spectrum, or you want to actually put that away and, act- and, and be a positive force in change. You see what I mean? And I'm not applying this to you, Rich. I'm saying this is, this is why the podcast that I was doing, it's fucked up. Because the first several episodes of that was fucked up because I let myself get caught up in the egocentric raging I'm going to lash out. I'm going to brutalize and punish these stupid motherfuckers. It destroys the message. Well, there's also an aspect to it that I didn't see coming until it had already, you know, smacked its balls against my face a few thousand times, which is 
once you're perceived as a person who <clears throat> doesn't doesn't sell wolf tickets and doesn't deal in bullshit, people feel free to say whatever the fuck they want to you. Well, that's one of the reactions. It, but but that's the reaction that that, that gets it, it makes it a, a self perpetuating like you're on a hamster wheel because the more people talk to you that way, the more you're like, well, then fuck it. Then I need right. to fucking talk to people this way. Yes. And then in turn, there's a, now a new group of people who come in and they go, half of them might say, I don't want to deal with that guy. That guy's an asshole. So they don't talk to you. They just mm -hmm. they do the they do the white person when you when when you hold a door for someone. They kind of like do that, and they hold the door, and they give you the nod. You uh -huh. know, I, I can't. It's the Anthony Weiner, Bill Clinton, I fucked up, kind of lower lip thing. You know, yeah. just the noncommittal nod. That's what you mm -hmm. get from them. And other people are like, "Oh, I got someone I can be honest with." You fat fuck. Let me tell you about yourself. <laughs> they love it because right. it's for the first time. They're like, "I can be free." Meanwhile, right. I'm sitting here going, "Fat fuck, you buck tooth bitch. Who the fuck you think you know?" I'm saying like, right, well, right. honestly, it comes. It could, one, one other thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll let me jump in there on this just one yeah. more time. It, uh, what it comes down to, I think, and uh, as I said, I've been sort of struggling with this a little bit uh, myself in the last month particularly, is you have to make a choice. And you have to decide what your motivation is. What is it you want? What is it you're trying to, to accomplish? If it's just simply taking your ego to the park so it can masturbate in front of everybody publicly, that's fine. But you need to understand that. And if it's an actual, almost altruistic sense of purpose, of caring about what's happening, and trying to get people to see a certain point of view, you cannot do both. You can't go out and use words and bombast as a weapon on someone and have them hear and appreciate and contemplate the message at the same time. That's mutually exclusive. And we're seeing this, again, if you want to take it back to social media, and what we've been talking about the last few weeks, that's where it's become most apparent. That was my mistake. And you know what? I knew this. I knew it. I fucking knew it. I was aware of it. And as soon as I started this podcast, you listen to the first three or four, holy shit, nobody's hearing it because of how it's packaged. The rhetoric the rhetoric burrito in which the message is wrapped. Nobody's eating it. Why would they? I wouldn't. Right. Uh, when I worked at Guitar Center, they taught me about build, break, build is what they would refer to it as. What's you're that? Gonna if you're going to correct their behavior. It's a compliment you, sandwich. You have to do the compliment sandwich. Oh, jeez. I fucking hate it. They used to talk about inauthenticity. <laughs> and, I fucking hate that. What, they did that. I had program directors do that to me in the air checks. I knew it was there, and as soon as they started, I was like, "God, I'm right. not listening to a fucking thing you have to say." <laughs> right. If you want to give the dog a pill, you got to right. wrap the baloney around it. Right. Yeah, but it's true. But I, you know, the, speaking of authenticity, how does this apply to Trump? Like, is it is it possible that Trump got Trump won because he was a more authentic? politician than I th Hillary I think was he you know for everything he is he 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 does authentic whether it's contrived or not right he does it well and in, yeah for all of his problems i don't think sincerity when he speaks from the hip no. is one of them no and while he has been there has been a lot of issues that he's kind of been all over the map on maybe there's some core issues that he ran on and that's what the fuck he's doing 
Well, as far as the inconsistency in ideology goes, I mean, that could be perceived as authenticity. He changes his mind. Right. Somebody could take it that way. I'm not saying that's what's going on, but someone could say, well, maybe you thought about it, and that's not how he feels today. Right. He's saying what's on his mind today. That's authentic. I don't know. But, I mean, if I was to look at it, these candidates as just people, I would feel like I know, I understand Hillary more as a person and think that she's more authentic, not as a candidate, but just as a person. Whereas Trump, I would have no fucking clue what's really going on inside of that head. I am that, quite, that everything that he does is artifice. That he I, I, all I he's see seeing that. is a facade. No, I see know? that just the opposite. I when I would look at Hillary Clinton, I see a fabricated persona. I well, I guess I no, I agree with you. I see the fabricated persona, but I think there's so much about that fabricated persona that tells me actually about that person. How do you know that? You don't know it for sure, and you can't. But that's my that's my gut feeling on Hillary versus Trump. I have to me, I have to me no Hillary. It, to take it back to the WWE, Hillary reminds me of Vince McMahon when he took the microphone. <laughs> you know, just now nah, I don't I don't believe anything that came out of her mouth. Or maybe Mean Gene. God, I haven't thought of him. Is he still alive? She's a corporation. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, no, it's, it's, I, I, I agree with you. I, I guess I don't even know how to parse my own point, but there is a, a there's a difference between, I don't know. Well, I, I'll, there was, I don't know if it was a book. Chris, you might be able to, you might, I, I was half ass listening to, it was one of the most recent Drew and Mike shows, and they were talking about an article or a book about Hillary that had come out that had said, like, the behind the curtain Hillary, like her tirade before one of the uh, the um, debates where she was like, "He's a fucking embarrassment, and he's this, and fuck him, and he shouldn't even fucking be here. What are we even wasting our time for?" And then, if like, you haven't had a tirade at some point in your life, you've never managed people. Exactly. Okay. And then there, there was like, then there was like, now this one was kind of new to me, but to half the podcast, they were like, "No, we we knew that, didn't we?" Which is, yeah, apparently she likes, she likes to drink quite a bit. She's a big fan of wine. She goes everywhere and she's got wine with her. And it's like, that kind of, if that's true, I mean, obviously she's a functioning alcoholic, but that does shed yeah. some light on kind of the narcissism and, and impenetrable it helps shield. Get into character. Yeah. We gotta, because I, I think we need to, for one thing, just, just a quick point. I think we need to get rid of the narcissism as a negative um, attacks on politicians and actors and all that other stuff. I mean, that is the, the, yeah, the one you. trait that's going to drive them. It's going to be in every politician. That is the, it's the fuel. You have to be a narcissist to put yourself through that. But it's like healthy self-esteem and unhealthy self-esteem. It's yeah, I don't even I don't even know that there is a, a healthy narcissism that's going to get you to that level. Right, I don't know if it's a it's more about can you direct it in a health, in a right. more healthy manner or at least constructive. In other words, right. getting you somewhere and doing something, yeah, yeah building Instead something. Of being self-destructive. In that case, then yeah. She has for lack of a better term, healthy narcissism because she yeah. didn't come from a well-off family, as far as I know. No, like, she was she's born. Not a, she's like, not a Kennedy. 
No, she was born in suburb of Chicago, I think. I mean, she wasn't exactly growing up at the ghetto, but she, no, she wasn't. Yeah, born she, with, she, she wasn't. She wasn't living next to JJ and and and, hey, and, and she and carries hot Green. sauce with her everywhere. All right, she told us her in the election. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. but still, well, Trump. Like, I mean, Trump got an infinitely bigger head start than Hillary Hillary Clinton did. Exactly. That's you're going down the road. I was I was trying to get to. But the perception is somehow he's more of the everyman than she, than she is. Well, it's it's his rhetoric. He he talks like an everyman. You see, she she decided. See, this is the difference in, in your example. This is the difference between Trump and Clinton would be that they tried to suppress the video of saying that he's a fucking embarrassment. Trump would have went out on stage and said that. That's why he has this I'm perception. Not sure he hasn't. Yeah. Well, what's that? He needs some further. I'm not sure he hasn't. To be honest with well, you. Well, I mean. I'm just saying, if if the situation were directly reversed, he would have just said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna, I'll just go out here in Louisville and I'll say she's a fucking embarrassment. He, she shouldn't even be here." Whereas Hillary is worried about public image and the typical political bullshit, the PR bullshit. Everything's measured with her, right? So Finger therefore, the Trump, wind. Trump with his million or however what a million dollar inheritance he got to start his empire seems like. A small the loan of a million dollars. Right. So he seems like the everyman because he'll just fly off the hip and talk like you and I. He talks like we do, man. Like you and I, like the four of us do. Donald Trump talks like that in public half the time. Right? So he seems like an everyman. Whereas Hillary, if you put if you put Donald Trump on this podcast, he'd fit. If you brought Hillary in and set her down with the four of us, she would cringe. She could have walk out. She yeah. Wouldn't, yeah, she wouldn't sit through ten minutes of this. <laughs> she go, well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it, but I have right. a meeting. I for, I was just told about by my aide. I have to go. You guys have now, a good one. Now, you boys, don't forget to register to vote and vote just early and vote often. Right, and stay away yeah. from. Do you stay away from Chelsea? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, that's done that's and the done. Thing. Yeah, that's the authentic. I guess I don't know. That's the the authenticity problem. Yeah, what was it? What was the meme I saw? It had a picture of Chelsea, big old, ga- big old toothy smile. It said she's so ugly that if you get a blowjob, it counts as anal. And I was like, God damn, that's kind of <laughs> rough, man. I have nothing against. I have nothing against that that woman, Chelsea. I nothing at all. She needs to stay the fuck away from politics. That's see, that's the thing. She inserted herself gonna? into into journalism. <sighs> and was hired based on her her lineage for a job that many more qualified journalists she just hop you know hopscotched over got in there decided yeah. she didn't like it and said oh well I'll try something else and of course every door opened for her as she walked through it yeah you know so that's that you insert yourself into the public eye you are fair game in my book I'm fair game fucking I, we're all fair game not me. I mean. Anyone can record anything. I'm Tostradamus, damn it. I am not fair game. You'll treat me with the respect I deserve, bitches. <laughs> okay. Anyone with a YouTube <laughs> account can record this, download it, s- s- chop it up, and critique us and rip us apart from a one-sided point of view. can take a five-minute oh, excerpt. Pick, pick an episode. A, There's so many of an, them. Spend an hour ripping us apart with scripted points that they know will never be contended because we'll never, most likely, we'll never hear the, of their video. So yeah, it's it, it happens, dude. I'd love somebody Clinton to do that just fun? to know somebody's fucking listening. You know, I'd love to see that happen. But that's the problem. That right there to me is the problem. And so, when I get to the point of why am I doing this anymore? I just try to remember that we're not selling 
McDonald's, and we're not selling whole food. We're selling, you're going to have to go to the grocery store, you're going to have to buy your own food, and you're going to have to make it. And you can make it as healthy or as unhealthy as you want with the ingredients you have at home. Right. And most people, if they listen to us and they agree, they go, yep, now what? If they disagree, they go, fuck these assholes and move right. on. Right. I, I keep thinking of Bill Hicks when I think about the, the pod, your, this podcast and, and mine, uh, is, it's a bad dollar. In, in today's culture and today's uh, um, environment, I guess, that uh, holding a mirror up will not make you a lot of money. It will not, great, it will not get you a bunch of listeners. People want to be reinforced. They're used to it. They're used to the, and then there are millions of podcasts out there. You can go find somebody that agrees with everything you say. Yeah, yeah, but That's this, the this is what this is what keeps me going, and I don't mean righteous in a religious way. I don't, I don't even righteous isn't even a, the, the the right word. I, it's one place I can be genuine for a few hours a fucking week, right? And if and if one of you guys disagree with me, you disagree with me, we hash it out. Whatever, no big deal. No, no one's no one's friendships over with. No one's got any block user in their future. No one's accused of preferring the company of men to women. None of that Except shit. Aaron. Just Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I think Aaron would clean up if Aaron was bisexual. I think that's the thing, man. You got to. He should try horizons. it. He should leave Anna Kendrick the fuck alone. Oh. She called me this week, by the way, Aaron. She wants you to stop yeah. bothering her. <laughs> and isn't the term pansexual now, Rich? No, no, and that's. I'm glad you brought that up. Aaron, were you the one that shared that, or was that you, Chris? It was me. Well, uh, was it about Janelle Monet? Yeah, saying she's pansexual, which right. is this is this is one of the things I find interesting about this is that <laughs> we had a guest on who I've known most all her life. She's a, she's a daughter of uh, some friends of mine, and she's pansexual. And what does that we were mean? Please help me out. What does it mean? I, I you're going to have to wait because I still uh-huh. don't know. Well, it means you don't say no. We let, we, let her ex- we let her explain it, and I understood what she meant. She meant, doesn't matter if it's a man or woman. I don't really have a preference. Doesn't matter if they're transgendered. If I'm attracted to them, I'm attracted to them. Nothing's off the table because of <laughs> ident- sexual identity, gender, whatever. And I was like, okay, if that's the case, what's the difference between that and bisexual? And the way it was broke down was bisexuals usually tend to prefer one sex over the other. A lot of bisexuals don't want to be with someone that's trans. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. If they're willing to fuck a woman when she's a woman, then why won't she, they fuck a woman when she transitions to a man? But whatever. So yeah, that's what I thought the definition was. Yeah. Then I went online and I looked it up. And apparently this word means whatever you want it to mean. I mean, it just... it. Everybody's definition is different. The definition that, that who, who was it in that article? You just said their name, Aaron. Janelle Monet. Janelle Monet. Her definition was completely different from, from Monique's. I don't know anymore, Todd. I can't so give you, can't you even, an they can't, even, they can't even agree on the made-up words. The definitions of their own made-up words. All words are made up. Cannot. Come on now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, no you're it's absolutely true. right. You're absolutely right. It, it's that there's not there's not a a consensus on the definition of the word, and so at that point, I'm I'm going to look at somebody and go, if you're going to tell me that this is what you are, I have no clear cut definition. That, that doesn't even with. count as coming out, then, does it? Not really. <laughs> right? And I mean, this is something. I, this is something that I kind of <laughs> talked with Corey about, and it was like, you know, I, you know, 
is coming out. It's it, it does it do you even really need to do that anymore? I just assume that any anytime I see a picture of a hot looking chick and she's looking over her shoulder online, I assume if she turns around she's got a big old fucking dick. That's how the internet has ruined me. I just assume everybody's trans, oh, everybody's shame. gay. Because apparently the you know all of us are fucking gay. All of us are trans. All of us are bi. All of us are all this shit. If you, if you go by what the media says, because they can't stop talking about this percentage point of a percentage point of people, like they're the majority. Right. And I'm just like, okay, fine. So if you tell me you're pansexual, if you want me to care that you're pansexual, then you will follow up what you just said with your personal definition of the word. But it, but if you don't, you just go, I'm pansexual. Okay, I don't give a fuck then. I don't care. At period. Do you want to fuck me? No. Well, then, then I don't care what who you fuck. Right. It's real simple. This is, this is kind of a deeper conversation reserved for somebody that you're actually friends with, right? Who gives a fuck if she's pansexual? Exactly. But here's the problem. Here's when I'm a meeting statistic people, for you. 99.9% of the people who care whether Janelle Monet is pansexual or not are not going to be able to fuck her. Well, here's the thing. That's, that's <laughs> no chance either way. This doesn't open up for anyone. Like, and now I've got a chance. That's one of the things I asked Corey when we did the podcast on Sunday. I said, does it piss you off that once you tell a certain segment of people who, who, have, who, go, who have a certain mindset that you're gay, that becomes your defining trait to them? Uh-huh. Doesn't matter. Tell me about Corey. Well, he's gay. First words out their mouth. And it's like, like there's nothing else to you? If, if, or even if, worse, like my gay friend Corey. Well, if I if I if if it has to relate to he's gay, I gotta fucking say yeah he's gay, you know? Because if not, it's gonna be like, why are you and a straight guy talking about fucking a guy in the ass and getting the guy's fist up up his ass? And I'm like, because he's not straight. I, did I not make that clear at the beginning of the conversation? But no, seriously, I don't go. You know, my friend Todd. You know, you know, he's straight. So. We we're talking about banging Quiff, you know, and, and, and no, I it doesn't matter. And I'm like, doesn't it irritate you? And he goes, a little bit. He goes, it's it's just as irritating as you, you know, go to someone's profile and it says demi pansexual non-binary gender fluid. And he's like, I'm like, that's a lot of words just to say mentally ill, isn't it? Like, I just want attention. Yeah. The, I, the, the odds that you have all of these that you are all of these things are so fucking slim. It is ridiculous. It's like the. uh What's the NPR podcast that we, that we really liked? It's like really well produced. Uh, Radio Lab. Thank you, Radio Lab. They had a by a, a a gender fluid kid on there, uh-huh. and this kid was literally giving an interview to the younger guy on the show, and he goes, "Oh, here I go. Okay, I'm a girl now." And then he went on for a couple minutes, and he goes, "Okay, oh no, here I go. Now I'm neither a boy or a girl." And I'm like, <laughs> "No, you are mentally ill, bro, or you're seeking attention. One of the two. That's yeah. all there is to it." And even people who identify as gender fluid, which in our day, I guess, was androgynous, really. I mean, they could be sure, either. Yeah. They, they, we've all been there, been out in public and been like, what was that? That's a I don't know what that is. <laughs> no, there was a, uh, who, what was the yeah, Saturday Night Live? It's called David Bowie. Yeah, exactly. No, the Saturday you know? Night Live bit. They had uh, the it's character. Pat. I can't, Pat. Pat. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's what you were saying. I thought you were, I don't know what I thought. It's time for androgyny. Hey, it's yeah, 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 exactly. God, that was such a great bit. And it, we're living it. Character. Yeah, and it yeah. was it was a, it was a joke back then. And oh, that's now that it's be like, hateful. Now they'd never get away with that sketch. Well, I mean, but here's the thing: if you walk in and with a full beard, looking like Gandalf, talking about my pronouns are she and her, I'm be like, 
bitch, you <laughs> forgot to shave this morning. Right. You understand that, right? Like, get the fuck out of here. I mean, you can't expect people to, to know this shit. But, that, but then that leads me to what I, was, what I was getting at is that when you get around certain groups of people, I've noticed this, when they introduce themselves, it's the, one of the first things out their mouth. Hi, my name is so-and-so. I am bisexual, gender Seriously? non-conforming. Seriously? I'm, How do you respond My to name that? is Chris, and I don't care. Yeah, that's exactly what I'd say. Is it, I, I'm not even kidding. I think I, I would say, yeah, I don't care. I do it's, not care who you have sex I, with. I nice like to meet I, you. I, I tend to like Brussels sprouts. That's how I would respond to that. I put butter on my. I prefer butter on my Brussels sprouts. I like turtles. A, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm a cat person. Just, just something is arbitrary. I, yeah. You know, it depends on depends on the crowd. I've been in situations where that happened one time, and we were at a party, and it was a party that I pretty much was comfortable enough. To, and people around me would understand I was joking. I was like, oh, nice to meet you. Any other more arbitrary facts about you that you could tell me about yourself? And people laughed, and that person was a little uncomfortable until they realized <coughs> no one here gives a shit. Right. right. We don't care. Yeah, no one's trying to fuck you. Right. Yeah. Start telling them, thank you for your service. <laughs> oh, Jesus, yes. <laughs> well, you know, Joey Diaz. Hey, he, I'm not going to do that. That's not... <laughs> I'm not gonna fuck dudes. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it, though. You know, Joey Diaz Thank you has for your a, service. Joey Diaz has a thing where he, he, he calls people that aren't Gentiles Gentiles, and he tells everybody it's not black when he when he's like when they're, when they're parting ways. He goes, "All right, stay black, man." <laughs> and it's just to fuck with him because he's like, "I just like it." Because people are like, "What the fuck?" And he's like, eh, "It's it just makes, makes people uncomfortable." I think Some how people old like to be that guy. Tell me if it would be an improper, and uh, <clears throat> obviously it would be improper, but uh, how would be a bad response? So, so say Rich came up and said, hi, I'm Rich, and I'm bisexual, and I say, hi, I'm Todd. I prefer doggy style and split roasting. <laughs> yeah. See, but that's the, the thing. Well, I'm accepting the other's uh, toxic masculinity. Yeah, here, okay, there's, it seems like, seems oh, like, you don't know how fucking toxic it gets, man. Seems like every week we, certain, certain, certain people or certain ideas or certain things get brought up. So this is the Patrice O'Neill one for the week. He brought that up on opening and Anthony. He goes, why is it that if you like to fuck guys, you get a parade and you're brave and you're courageous? Yet if I go, oh, you like to fuck guys? I like to tie women up and piss on them. I'm a deviant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But you can you can walk around in assless chaps and basically butt fuck a guy in the middle of Fifth Avenue during a pride parade, and that's so brave, so brave. And if you ever want to see the real hypocrisy, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm you're not getting me to come up off the word on this one. Sorry, Todd. Is women when they oh you're gay? Yeah, I just butt fucked my boyfriend. Oh. Yay, good for you. Did you nut? Was it good? And then you look at your girl and go, well, if you're so into it, don't even think about it. In fact, faggot, I got a strap on. I'm going to fuck you in the air. Whoa, whoa, bitch. Why is all of a sudden, why do I got to take a dick in the ass? A man made one at that. You were a big fan of it two seconds ago. Now all of a sudden it's disgusting and you want to rape me. What the fuck is wrong with you, bitch? See, that's the hypocrisy there. That's what you tied. You nailed it. No one should give a fuck. Who gives no, a fuck? That should be the does. response. Seriously. That's, no, nobody really does. That's the thing. It's, it, it's like it's being thrown out there as. It, I, really it, wish it, I, it, I really wish I could agree with you, but I listen to no, too no, no. much. 
radio no, no, and television, no, I, and it I tells me different. Let me, let me rephrase. In the utopia that the leftists and are trying to create here, the cultural authoritarian and totalitarianists are trying to create here, in that world, no one would give a shit. It wouldn't be an issue, right? So why, why force people to address it? Give them the opportunity not to give a rat's ass who you're having sex with and not care. That is the, the, the foundation of equality, right? And Pretty acceptance, much. just not caring who you're having sex with and what you prefer, right? Exactly. And that's why I've, I've said things. I didn't people care go, about most people I have sex with. Uh, you know, I'm right. <laughs> Ooh, some of them. Oh, I hate this bitch. Get your face in that pillow. Shut the fuck yeah, up. Shut so you, you have, you ever, have you ever just like grudge fuck somebody you just couldn't fucking stand? Yes, like you, it's called just, caveman it's, fucking. Yes, oh, I've never, great. I've never had the opportunity to fully do that. But yes, I, but you know, I found myself like insanely attracted to people who I don't get along with personally. <laughs> you know what's just great? Like, yeah. You know what's great yeah, is when yeah. you get yourself one of these. I'm an outspoken. You ain't gonna shut me up and enslave me, women. And you get them in the bedroom, and you just fucking shove their face right in the pillow, and you're just like, shut the fuck up. And they're just like, ah, ah. And you're like, fucking head and just tear it down. And you're like, this this bitch is crazy. This bitch wants to be dominated. Have you ever done that? She was putting the pussy signal in the sky for Batman to come hate fucker is what she was doing. (laughs) And when she got that bat dick, she couldn't deal with it. And then she's like all fucking like, I've had this happen to me. I I know exactly what you're talking about. And you'll get done there, the most submissive, docile little fucking creature afterwards. You ever had that happen to you? They a butterfly out of nowhere. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. I like that. (laughs) <laughs> it's like okay well here we go well good i'll put it down as a check mark next to your name now you got to get out before the sun comes up you notice there's no toothbrushes here for you you got to go when will i see you again oh, are you gonna call me that's when you get a stage five clinger that's when that happens and you're like oh, I shouldn't have fucked the crazy one that's good for the man ego though yeah but you ever notice that's good for the man ego but a stage five clinger for a woman is like it's time to call the cops no 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 i mean it, it, I, <laughs> I, what i'm talking about is going from the yeah to this docile little thing that just keep keeps like calling and, and won't you know leave you the fuck alone can't live without you all of a sudden because she got her face thrown into a into a pillow but isn't that that's an aspect of isn't that an aspect of of some of those people who have very domineering personalities that you get them away from the bullshit where they can be themselves sexually and they like to be dominated. How many times have we heard stories about CEOs and powerful politicians who like to go get dominated by a dominatrix? I I think a lot of the whole fucking show built around it. Billions. Yeah. It's, I think a lot of that is, is affrontery to attract someone who will be enough of an alpha male to handle that and go through it. And you, you know what I'm saying? They don't want oh, yeah. anybody who's going to be run off by that sort of, uh, um, app. I don't know, the, 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 God, I'm losing it again. been at it for three hours, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, I always get to this point where I can't complete a thought about this point. But, yeah, it's like they put this front up, this sort of performance art, to, to shoo away all the little, um, little flower boys, I guess. Oh, I just want to hold you and make love to you. I really get the fuck away from me with that shit. <laughs> Give me a man. You know, they find a man, it's like, I, oh. Oh. It, all of a sudden, this podcast has turned into we all bunched down like a like a fifty cent song. I ain't into making love; I'm into having sex. <laughs> I enjoy. So give me a hug if you're into getting rough. You know, I I, I really have 
you know what we've done in the last few weeks? We have this method or this this sort of pattern with these podcasts where we get all deep and blah, 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 blah. And right about the end, right about here, we have a whole hell of a lot of fun. If you, you notice to. that. It's a release, it just, man. Yeah, yes. we should try like a full podcast like this sometime. Oh, we did. <laughs> Without Chris substances. has the tape somewhere. Oh, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> Understand what I'm saying here, boys. No, not like that. That ain't fun. That's a riot. But I mean, in the I, well, much like yeah. much like most of my extremely drunk stories, it was fun at the time, and the next day I was like, "What the fuck did we do?" Yeah. And then when right. Chris was like, "There's no podcast this week. Why?" It's it's unlistenable. <laughs> I, was like, it was, I remember starting editing. I was like, "Dude, it's just like yelling. This is like yeah. four people yelling over each other for an even, hour." Even Aaron was drunk. That was the best part. Because I, I couldn't. I don't think I've ever seen you drunk before or after that. Like you They're were probably pretty not. Lit. I'm not a, I'm not a big drinker these days. We because I remember after this, after we got done recording. For whatever reason, I asked Chris to play original Gangster by Ice T, and all of a sudden you're just getting down in your seat, and I was like floored. I was laughing so hard because I'm like, I've never seen you dance. You're like, man, that beat hits. That's a groove, man. And I was like, you're <laughs> fucked up, Aaron. <laughs> You're drunk as wow. shit. <laughs> I mean, good for you. Uh, no, I no, dude. Come on, man. You DJ'd way too long, and I, I know you'll dance sober. I would hope. Might not be very good at it. Oh, if I have to, yeah. <laughs> but if someone's got some Molly or you know, a couple nitrous balloons, it'll help. Where's my glow sticks and Vix inhaler? You know, uh, that was a whole other life. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. That's the thing. <laughs> it just feels like it was. <laughs> uh, so is this it? This is the end? It's a good note. We should go out on it, right? Vix inhalers. Yes. yes. <laughs> if you're a young person and you find yourself at a party, maybe in the warehouse district somewhere in Detroit, and you're like, oh, I'm rolling so hard, get yourself some Vix. Put it in a bullet. I remember get, doing that dumb shit. You gotta, if you want a snuff bullet, you gotta go to the, the station on, on Michigan Avenue. I think they still well, you, sell them. But. You put Vix on a bullet and you use it like a suppository or some shit. No, they used no, to not, just not a have real bullet. Vix inhalers. I don't know what it's the just, fuck you're all talking about. It, 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 right, I think Tom was a drinker. I'm serious. I don't know what. The, what do you mean a bullet? And you know like what I'm a little about. plastic tampon thing with a hole in the end of it, and you would just stick it in your nose, and you would get a big huff of the Vix. And, when and it looking, would feel like an icicle in your brain, and it was in great. a magical way. And it would send go to it would yes, it was like all of a sudden all the energy in the world was radiating out from the base of your spine to your entire body. It was great. You're a bunch yeah. of fucking degenerates. You know that. Don't yes. You? God damn it. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. awesome. All right, listeners, That's if you have an down. ecstasy hookup, unregimented. Ecstasy.net. <laughs> <laughs> Escapingthecave.com. No, that's for the shrooms. That's for the shrooms. We got to break oh, yeah. it up for keeping the feds off the scent. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're yeah. also on Twitter, too, at a regimented pod. And yeah, fuck, if you made it this far, thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll see you next week. See ya. Later. Bye. Later.
If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.